Ah, shit. Here we go again. That was a definite version that time. <laughs> God. I don't know what's more botched. The most recent WWE news this week, Survivor Series, all the remasters of GTA. <laughs> um, It could be a three-way tie. Gaming. You are listening, everybody, to the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, this is where we're going to be covering all of the news from the past week, and there has certainly been quite a lot of that. Oh, there is. It's non-stop. Non-stop this week, but more towards the, the latter part of the week. So, yes, the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, a three-men-one-fall podcast for your pro wrestling needs. And around the mic tonight... I'm Ash. And I am Russ. So... This news, Ash, will run down everything we've got coming up on today's episode. Yeah, like, like I said, there's a lot. And there's not just WWE and uh, AEW stuff. There's got stuff from Japan. And yeah, some good, and- real interesting stuff coming out of New Japan last night. So we're recording this on the uh, 20th of November. Uh, this will be dropping out a day earlier than normal. So no Survivor Series recap for you on this one. Coming up on today's show, more WWE releases. New Japan and Noah at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. We've got news on the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame announced by GCW. We'll be talking about Chris Dickinson's injury. We've got Charlie Evans, some Twitter, some really horrible Twitter news, to be honest. Cody Rhodes has deleted his Twitter, so we'll be talking about him again. Again. It's the Cody show. NXT 2.0 may be moving to a TV 14 rating. And we're doing our Impact Wrestling Turning Point preview. But uh, before we've got that, we have got a little segment today for a what if, which Ash is going to present us with, and we'll be discussing that. What's the what if that you've got for us today? The what if is what if CM Punk had left when his contract ran out in 2011, Money in the Bank? Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Well, before we <laughs> before we uh, before we kick things off, really. Because I'm going to probably go on a bit of a mad one with these WWE releases. So um, there was some more fallout from AEW's full gear pay-per-view, wasn't there, with injuries? Uh, yeah. Um, well, the big one was Kenny Omega has had um, has had shoulder problems for quite a while now. And so he's just working through them. So it looks like he's taking time off now. Yeah. You said it on Dynamite that he's taking time off. They're not saying that he was injured, but like time off to recover. Hmm. So they work it into a story, I guess. Yeah, kind of, it was kind of like saying I'm injured without saying I'm injured. Mm, yeah, he didn't lose his smile though, so no, you're never going to beat that. But yeah, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. So yeah, yeah. In terms of seeing Omega back on TV, it'll be awesome to see probably where he he fits in now. Yeah, because they are. They did seem like they're planting a seed where it's going to be Adam Cole can Omega a feud when he comes back. Mm, I'm game for that. It could be a good one. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know when when he's going to come back, but... Yeah. My time will tell. I feel like that's my catchphrase on here now. Time will tell. And it certainly does tell a lot. Speaking of um, the other injuries, though, because Malachi Black also reported as well, wasn't he? And um, and uh, Dax Harwood. Yeah. Dax got... Uh, apparently, apparently, he got kicked hard by Phoenix during their tag match at Full Gear. Which answers our initial question last week when we was going through the recap as to why... Uh, Wheeler came out on his own. Yeah. After the Cody Rhodes Black um, tag match. Tag match. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. But it's just it was strange because, again, you didn't know that as the viewer. No. So, but 
apparently backstage there was heat with Phoenix because he didn't check on Dax afterwards. Ooh, okay. Which is funny because they also said that there was high morale. There was high morale <laughs> after the show, so if, if you can't have full, you can't all be happy and have someone who's got heat. Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. That's, that sounds a bit like the uh, the Rock and Mankind Rumble. Yeah, but he didn't get hit like twenty times with, with, with a chair. chair. Yeah, no, that's true. And his kids, were, his kids were in the audience as well. WWE releases. Then should we should we go through? So I can't. I just uh, right. Okay, so eight more stars released, and um, we're looking at John Morrison, Shane Thorne, Tegan Knox, the three remaining members of Hit Row. We're looking at Drake Maverick, and I can uh, remember Drake until now. <laughs> this, I mean, oh. <clears throat> Well, it's not surprising, but it is surprising, isn't it? Well, apparently these are the names that were listed to be going a couple of weeks ago when there was that long one, but... Well, you, well some of them anyway. I don't think it was all of them. I just think it's 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 strange. Like, I, I don't... I still can't really wrap my head around this because it's a further eight more talents that have been released. And it's only been two weeks since the last batch. And these names, although they weren't... I, I don't, in the nicest way... Some of them weren't as surprising as the ones from a fortnight ago, but then some are really kind of head scratchers again because you've got people that have just been called up. Mm-hmm. Um, some people in there that don't meet the what Vince, I suppose, would would deem as like the older people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean there had been like rumor that certain wrestlers of a certain age would probably be going. Well, should we start with obviously the big one from the UK of Drake Maverick? So, Drake Maverick. Uh, man, so unlucky that, isn't it? Twice in the space of, well, I suppose just over a year, isn't it? But, um, yeah, because when that first initial one last year happened, he was in that list. It was, And it was really fresh into the pandemic at that point yeah, as well. Yeah, and I think he was the 205 Live GM at the time, which was also a bit surprising. It was going through, so it was around about the same time as that tournament, wasn't it, for the Cruiserweight title? Um, um, or was that just after? I think, I, I mean, I think it might have been at that time as well. Because hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. Was it a champion got injured, and they had to get a tournament go? No, no, it was Devlin was the champion, but because he was in the UK, he couldn't defend it, so they did an interim title. Oh, of course, yeah. And then of course you had the whole speaking out thing. So yeah, yeah. To well to cover the whole thing a bit more broadly first. So because I think the news was initially broken. Um, I think initially broken by Sean Rossap from Fightful, but obviously it happened early hours of the morning for us in the UK. But yeah. uh, allegedly the talent got their calls between eight and nine PM that night, so it, they were late calls from John, uh, John Laurinaitis that is. But it was reported from a well, it was reported from Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men Pro Wrestling podcast that a source close to him from WWE said that apparently the these releases had blindsided people. So from what you're saying, obviously, where those were names that were rumoured before. Yeah. That's slightly contradicting report, but... Well, some, some I think, were, because when it's like Jackson Riker, who hasn't done anything for, like, months, and then mm, Shane Fawn... Nothing of note. Yeah, Shane Fawn, who had a gimmick change after Reckoning... Uh, what, what were they called? What were they called? Good question. Retribution. Retribution, yeah. <laughs> He had a gimmick change, and he was uh, 
bit more. I think they're trying to make him more feel like an Australian type gimmick, but I don't think that went anywhere. Of course, because if you're from another country other than the states, then you <laughs> you need a gimmick that saves you from that country, right? Yeah. Um, but the whole thing, though, I mean, blindsided or not, going back to the, to Drake Maverick in this instance. So last year, for those that would have probably seen, he put out the sort of immediate response or thoughts to his WWE release and really, really uh, just really heartfelt video, you know, like brutally honest, it was raw and, you know, just the emotion of it, like how much that kind of broke him. Yeah, it was different. It was because you know how many times like someone leaves and they do, oh, I'm finally out of prison type. Yeah. But he was genuinely sad, like genuinely, genuinely ripped apart by being let go last year. And then that video became so big, and I think so many people felt that. Definitely. That it actually led to him being rehired. Yeah, because it felt like it was the only, he was the only one of that whole list that people kind of got behind, even though like it was loads of fan because, favorites. Because of the one video. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it was it was that video that really put him on the map. as like, wow. You know, these are real people. This, and this is a dream job for, for a lot of people and obviously was for him. But yeah, you know, fast forward one year, uh, one year and a bit, and here he is again. He's gone. And he released, within the same day, the Immediate Thoughts video, which, Immediate Thoughts, but not really, because, again, going back to, although it, it apparently it blindsided people, he knew this was coming, I think, because there's no way. I mean, if he did, fair play to him, but there's no way that he made this video. Well, yeah, like I said. In under 24 hours. Yeah, like I said, he might have been on the original list, but this was, he did the UK tour, so they probably couldn't. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, you, you literally said like two weeks ago, you literally saw him live. Yeah. And then, along with some of the others. Yeah, Morrison. Yeah. And then he won the 24-7 title for like two seconds and yeah, lost it again. But there's, he put the video out and, you know, the immediate, not really immediate thoughts. But, man, it starts off literally the same footage from last year. And then it kind of just cuts to black. At, well, not cuts to black, but it cuts to him in a darkened room. And he's filmed this, and it's so well produced, so well put together. Hence why, you know, I don't think he's, he's done that straight away afterwards. But if he is, then Hollywood should probably snap him up too. But... Yeah, he's, he's sat down and he's, he's got this video of then him coming into the room and talking to himself. But like, look, man, like, <laughs> you can't pull this one again. <laughs> and it's just having this real, like, what gave me, like, Rocky Balboa vibes. You know, the sixth one? It gets put into all the different motivational sort of tracks and everything that, you know, you get knocked down, you got to get back up. That was a poor impression, but you looking at me like you don't know what I was on about. So. No, I was, I, was, I was going, I know he does that... Um Sunshine and Rainbows. He, is it, it was a keep, keep moving. Keep, it was the one when he comes back and yeah, it's it was, a sixth one when he's a bit yeah. older and he goes up against um, uh, shit, Mason Dixon. I couldn't remember the guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that one. But yeah, it gave, it gave me vibes like that. But he's like giving himself this this big pep talk. Like, look, it wasn't our dream to be a WWE superstar. We wanted to be a professional wrestler. And we've done everything we've set out to do in life, but we've got so much more left to accomplish, but we're not going to be able to do that. Unless you get up, you know. But the overall, just one of the, the things, like <laughs> repeating "get up" and repeats "you're a success." Like that's, I, it just really struck a chord with me. You're a success. He is a success already, yeah. and I didn't really fully appreciate or probably 
realise that until watching this video. Because you think about it, and he, and he said it in there, like, look, they, if they gave you the manager role, you made it work. 24-7 title, you made it work. And last time they fired you, you made that work for you as well. So it's a good, you know, I, th- I think it is spot on. Like, yeah, all right, he's not Roman Reigns, but then never at a point in wrestling have you have ever had everybody be at the top spot, but we'll always look back so fondly with good memories and memorable moments from people within the mid-card or under if they've been prominent features on the product. And and I think, although it's, you know, everything kind of has been a bit of a blur of the last few years, Maverick has been a, a pretty consistent yeah. on the product in terms of, of at least being on TV. And, I, and to be fair to him, he did make the, you know, we don't really like the 24-7 title stuff that much. No, not, it used to be fun, but then it just lost its way. Yeah. But him and, you know, he's one of the, the people that made that um, bearable. He's one of the people that actually a lot of those segments were quite good. Him and R-Truth together, you know, especially yeah. around the wedding stuff. Oh, that was things. fun. That was funny. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and he's, but again, a moment. And we can talk about that now. We'll remember those. Yeah. And we'll, but for the right reasons. My favourite moment was, I think there were, it was like a load of them trapped in the lift and one of them was EC3. And he was like, it was just before the wedding. And he was like, I'm getting married. And EC3 is like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and he's like, it's like you're the best man you should know this right now (laughs) oh man well speaking of ec3 uh one thing that did jump out to me in this video was that it did look quite similar setting in like when it was dark uh looked like a similar setting to ec3's that the one used in ec3's videos the free the narrative ones and again obviously you know they are best friends so whether or not it's just because they've used the same guys or actually if it indicates that they might be doing something together, because the video ends with him taking off his, his WWE shirt and splashing the water on his face, and then he gets a text message come through, and he, and he looks at that, looks up from his phone, and gives a little smile. So, you know, like something's in the works. But AEW, AEW. <laughs> yeah, was it Tony? Tony, was that you? Well, I, I would have said probably he has the history of impact, so that might be, but. Oh, that was my immediate thought, but I think. Regardless, it's the same as, as pretty much everyone else in, in this situation. They're going to be, I, I guess they are going to be just fine no matter where they go, but it still sucks. Like we said last week, it's just, it's really frustrating because the overall reasons behind it are completely bogus. You can't keep state you can't keep uh, stating that it's for budget cuts. Yeah. Now, how much more of the budget needs cutting at this point? Like, what are we trying to get it to? I have no idea. What does it need to be at? Like, what is the end goal here? It's just... It feels like it's the, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Default setting whenever someone gets released. It's always budget cuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a copy-paste email job to everybody. I'm, I'm sure it's probably not even far off of that. It's, got, it's like them saying, what should we put down? We'll scroll down. Uh, budget cut. Budget cut, yeah. That's the most broad example and reason we can give without having to explain much else because we're a business and businesses make budget cuts. Yeah, bullshit. But you now what, look, this video, you watched it just before we started recording. Yeah. What did you think to it? Uh, very well done. It's always weird when they have the rest of talking to each other, talking to themselves in a way, but then... It, yeah. But then, yeah, just... Uh, I kind of feel that you could take all of the wrestling context out of that, though, and that that was such an uplifting video like it really it did strike a chord with me i just think you could honestly apply that to yourself like 
that that is a conversation that you will have in your own head. Mm. You have to. And you can't let yourself be beaten up and be beaten down in those situations. So fair play to him. But I, I think that video, you should show that to anybody feeling a bit down on their luck or in a position um, that they didn't want to find themselves in. Yeah. You know, like you've got to know your worth. So yeah, you are a success. Drake Maverick or should we say Rockstar Spud now? More than likely. I don't, I don't know if he had any other names in wrestling, but... Whatever he goes with. But honestly, that video, I think, is a defining moment for him. And I think people should take note. But absolutely fair play to him. And he and he's hand, like, make that work for you. That's what you've got to do now. Yeah. Screw him. He's done. He, he's added to that product. And he doesn't need them. They need him. They needed all these people. Well, maybe not all of them in the nicest right. way. They obviously should have trimmed some fat. But it shouldn't have been done like this. But there was there was the thing of what else could he have done apart from twenty four seven, really? Well, yeah, but that's that's up to Vince and the creative team, isn't it? What else can he do? Well, you're booking it. Am I? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's uh, up to them. Yeah, but it's also like like he's shown he's shown he's versatile enough that you can put him in so many different situations that he will make them work. It's it's Vince that chooses to typecast people. It's also I also um once Big Damo left that when they had that tag team together on NXT, it kind of when once he left Damo left, it was like kind of brought him back into the uh had to, had to give him something yeah, exactly. Had to give him something and brand his, new to do. His his size probably didn't help him at all. Well, but not that it should matter, but yeah. No, but, it, but no, you're right. Maybe they, he could have been a manager again, but As, is that any way to he's done that? Let's get him in the ring, man, and let's just see more of him. I can't wait. But you talk about people being split from tag teams and not knowing what to do. Probably leads us nicely into the next one, uh, or next three, we should say, from the list, which was the remaining members of Hit Row, all three of them. Yeah. Um, Ashanti the Adonis. Swerve Scott. Swerve Scott, and, of course... Top Dollar. Top Dollar. So, uh, it's the Top Dollar one, apparently pretty outspoken, and he and he come across that on Twitter, but... You know, again, you've got to know your worth. Don't just sit there and take it. Um, but I don't know what they were like behind the scenes, but I do know that it's a really strange uh, business decision well, to call them all up and include, that's including BFAB, call all of Hit Row up to then release one member, like after what, a week or two weeks? Two weeks. And then two weeks later, release the others. Like just when we were, we had, well, I mean, we hadn't even scratched the surface yet. Because one story is that they weren't happy about the BFAB situation, so. That could have been, but there's also Top Dollar did a promo on because they were doing a they were building between them and Jinder and they did a rap yeah, battle they did, thing, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did a rap and, and they was doing stuff with Sami Zayn. Yeah, but there was a I think it was a Twitter video where Top Dollar did something about Jinder and it was a bit bit racist. I haven't seen it myself, but it was a lot of Indian references and. But WWE literally make Jinder Mahal's character an Indian. Yeah. But I think the words he said. They won. literally put Jinder Mahal in a Punjabi prison match. I wish I was on the game as well. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, let's. I'm. I'm not trying to defend racism of any any sort. All right, Cody. <laughs> but you can't. I don't know. I can't see that that could have been a reason. Surely, and this wasn't even that long ago. Like, when was Jinder champ? Uh, two years, three years. Twenty sixteen, seventeen. Twenty seventeen. 
So yeah, about three, four years. Ago. One, of, one of the reasons I think wrestling business died was when he became champion. And like, I mean, only because it was well, like um, out of nowhere. Um, it didn't really do anything for him. Yeah, it fell a bit flat, didn't it? But again, there was a, a, I think that was more of a business decision to, to do that because of the kind of move into India at that point. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were saying a minute ago about Shane Thorne. Give him the Australian gimmick because he's from Australia. So we give the, the Indian talent an Indian gimmick because he's well, from India. Like, Well, he's Canadian. Hit row, though. What's the... What was the point? No idea. Like I said, there was a rumour that they were upset with the B-Fab situation and they've been... But once again, it's one of these um, online things where apparently they're not being great backstage, but you hear so many times artists once got released, like with Bray Wyatt was the same. Well, they can't state that someone wasn't great backstage but cling to the budget cuts then. If you're releasing someone because they weren't great backstage... Well, it did feel weird that they kept... Uh, Jackson Riker for so long after he had history of yeah I know but the I agree it feels like it's also weird when Jackson Riker looks like the guy that WWE would be after mm, but, yeah but then you hear those stories that Vince doesn't like tattoos mm, again though well, you know I don't know if, if that where that comes from how true some of those are but yeah I mean in terms of the the whole the whole batch is puzzling, but one of the ones that I can see probably why they did it, I still don't agree with it at all, but the Tegan Knox one. Yeah, that was, one, that was probably the one I was more surprised with. I was kind of surprised, but kind of not, because I, I got the Hideo Itami vibe from that, because she's had such a poor run in terms of not how she's been in the ring, but just injury after injury. Like every every time she kind of gets going... She sidelined with an injury, and I yeah. feel like it was the same for Kenta. Obviously, Hideo Itami for that as well. You just couldn't build up any momentum. But then, not all of that is really on on her and the injuries. You know, she had that tag team with Shotzi, which was for all intensive purposes pretty entertaining. And they were building that story where they got that title shot, and that went nowhere. Yeah, they should they should be the tag champions because they beat the champions like more times than. Uh, Nikki and um, Rhea well, Ripley. They, they became a more contender in it, but the match just never happened and it went away with no explanation. Yeah. Typical WWE booking and programming. Like, you watch it one week, you watch it the next week. It was like watching a completely different show. Yeah. That and means nothing anymore. So no consistency. And again, it makes being invested in, in the product really difficult because you can't invest in storylines because they chop and change so quickly and they drop them without explanation. And you can't invest in talent because you get, you know, a... a a unit like Hit Row come up, they look quite fresh, quite different, quite new. Look like they're going to probably integrate quite well with other tag teams. Yeah, um, and then they're out the door. So apparently, before the releases on Thursday, they were going to be involved in a tag team battle royal for Survivor Series, and then obviously that always happens. Happens. So now that the battle royal is just like a single. Well, regardless of what they, I don't even know if they probably know what the plans are going to be themselves yet. Because even the after the really, really strangely announced uh, teams for smack, uh, sorry for teams for Survivor Series on Twitter, I don't mean that the teams were strange. I just mean the the manner in which it was done was strange, yeah. which we talked about last week. But um, and now, but, you know, and they've changed like not an awful lot, but they're, they're, you know, even that's changed. Sheamus has now been added in. Yeah, and Austin Theory is on Raw. Right. So <laughs> it's just, you can't keep up, can you? 
The yeah, the T- Tegan Knox man, I, that's a big shame. But she's one of those. What I was saying just before we kicked into this was, I think the youngest maybe of the of yeah, all those not, talents. She's early twenties. Yeah, I say I would say twenty three, twenty four. She's early twenties. So I mean, she's she has got a whole career ahead of her. But and she has she. It's not like this is her first. She's been wrestling for a long time. Yeah. Oh, the indies will pick her up. Or yeah. another or another company might pick her up, but it is it is tricky because again you're you're looking at a time now where Ring of Honor closed their doors, at least to, for now. For now, but at least for you know, offering contracts. AEW can't realistically take on much more talent. No. Impact probably can't take on much more talent. But they I leaves think, MLW. I think Impact needs the more women, sing for single women anyway. Oh, they do. But you've still got to have, spend the money for them. I don't know what their budgets are all like and everything else, but every company's going to have a limit on what they can spend. So, and this is a lot of talent. I mean, these this latest batch takes them up to, I think, it's got to be around about the 80 mark. And if you you know pair that with last year, scratch off one because Drake Maverick twice, but yeah. it's over 100. Over 100 people, over 100 wrestlers. But Tegan, like, she will be fine. And, you know, in terms of the John Morrison one, I'll be honest, I kind of saw that one come in. Kind of. Not just because of his wife a couple of weeks before, but because he's one of these people that doesn't feel like they've done anything for a long, for a long time. Just, no, they just stuck in with some, again, weird gimmicks. Was with The Miz too I, long. Well, I felt, and it's annoying, once again, because you know how I talked about Nia and... Um, even Marie had been taken out by Shayna on sto- for storyline purposes mm. before they obviously got released. They can't get back at her. Miz and Morrison, I don't think, had the f- their feud because Miz did um, Dance with the Stars. And he's- oh, man. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But Tyre, she, well, she struck out on Twitter uh, with a series of tweets. Tyre, well, this was one of them. Tyre put, stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent. You love pro wrestling. Spend your money on the hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong. Ethically, as employers, they don't care about us, talent or fans. What what do you reckon of that? Well, I I didn't know there was hundreds of alternatives, if that means... Well, you've got to include the indies. Well, yeah, but it didn't it, to me. It didn't feel like there was that many. Um, I didn't know there was that many indies in America or at least in the world. It always feels like you see you always hear about certain mounts. You don't hear about the ones because obviously there will be local ones in America that we don't know about. But you're always gonna yeah. But you but think fact, we're uh, no different. I mean, we talk about a lot of the same promotions on the podcast every yeah. week, and they are your it's your bigger hitters. Like they're the ones that get the most exposure. I don't I don't get the supporting thing. What do you mean? What what don't you get? Because uh, uh, I, um, it made me think about because um, don't no support WWE. We, I never supported them, but you do support them. Do I? Do you have the WWE network? Yeah. Do you? How much do you pay for that a month? Nine ninety nine, safer. So that's that supports WWE. Because it puts money in the pockets. Yeah, but I'm not going to stop... Buying the merch. No, exactly. No, I'm not but- going to stop support. Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to stop supporting... I'm, I'm not going to support... I'm not going to stop supporting my football team just because they got rid of someone I like. But that's... So, but is that different, though? Because... Yeah, but you're not going to say, oh, like, maybe... 
because it always gets me mad. Not mad, but like when, so like when um, a, was it LeBron James moved from one team to another, and mm. yeah, you can still not like it, but you still got a whole team for the players. That, it's big uproar. Yeah, but obviously you're sad because and you're annoyed because he's going over to essentially the enemy. Well, most of my, I, I've kind of got to a point now where I don't have, I don't want to have favourites in my football for any football team. Because you know, like if they're good, they'll go somewhere else. And yeah, but I, I, I think that the difference is though in that is that it, it's going to break down different types of wrestling fans because you've got people that are WWE hardcore fans, like they're only watching WWE product. And let's face it, there's a lot of that. Most most of the income they probably get are those types of fans. I would have thought, and that's going to be predominantly like your younger yeah. audience, right? But. The difference I feel with what you're saying there is that if in a football club, one player leaves that team to go to another, they're still, like they're still a footballer. They're still going to be paid. They're still within, well, they're they're still within the industry. Yeah. Like I know as a wrestler, yeah, you can you can be released from WWE, you can still be within the industry, but you have to go and find another job. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not it's not like so you know you support Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn Rovers is like, actually, look, we don't really want to renew your contract because, quite frankly, we think you don't offer anything to this team. That was a Vince McMahon line, that one. Right, but, you know, in that instance, there is a football club that's going to pick that person up. Like, he will yeah. just, he'll just move into another one, start negotiations before he's lost his job. They don't just get rid of you, then tell you that you can't play anywhere else for 90 days. No, there is. You know, there's there's some real big differences to that, and in that in this one particularly, you've got to look at it like right. Tyre gets released two weeks ago. Then her husband talked about this um, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago with Keith Lee and uh, Mia Yim being released together, and of course Scarlett and Cross. You know, they're releasing households, and they know they're releasing households right on top of Christmas, and Tyre and. Morrison, they're both going to have 90-day no-competes. Uh, I'd imagine Ty- most no, of that. Tyra would have- oh, no, of course, yeah, sorry. Tyre's got 30. I imagine most of this list is 90. Oh, well, they're all main roster. Pretty much. But it's, no- you, you can't deny it's a scumbag move. And I, and I don't think you should feel... As a as a fan, you, still, you shouldn't have to feel bad about supporting WWE if you like what you watch as a product. Because if you can set all of that aside from what happens behind the scenes, you, as, you know, whoever's listening whoever you may be, you that's fine. You, you're not doing anything wrong by supporting the WWE because you enjoy their products. You enjoy what you want to enjoy. But I completely understand, and I completely do agree with Tyre on the basis that the product wasn't for me anymore and hasn't been for a long time. So I had to remove myself. You know, if it wasn't for us doing the podcast and WWE being the most well-known wrestling name going ever, you know, I probably wouldn't even do WWE. I probably wouldn't even cover it just because on, on the basis that I wouldn't want to, because, you know, they know they're the big dog in the yard. They're not going to lose money. They're making more and more money. Yeah. They're going to make more money when it comes up to Reno and the TV deals. They're going to make more money from Saudi. They're going to make a sh- just a shed load of money for you. You watch the product still. Um, you don't, you don't enjoy a lot of it, but you are, you, you still enjoy the WWE. There's every week. There's always something good. But everyone contracts on the negative, right? Because it's because it's easier. It is easier, absolutely. 
But from, but this is, again, you have to take the product away now from what happens with people's real life situations. Which is crazy, isn't it? Because you wouldn't have done this 20, 30 years ago. Well, no, because we didn't have what we have now. Like, no, I know. No, it's, it's mental, isn't it? Like how people maybe would have reacted 30 years ago. Yeah, because we didn't, let's be honest, we never, when, um, say, like, Nash and Hall left. Mm, yeah, that would have been. We wouldn't have probably gone, oh, wait, that's something from WCW. I'll watch that instead. I, well, I imagine there probably was some of that back in the day, but... Well, obviously, because they won the ratings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Them. But uh, would it... I, I suppose it's it's a big thing, isn't it, that? It can op- that's, that opens up a big can of worms if we want to go down that route, which, you know, we probably don't have enough time in the day to really go through all of that. But I, I, there's arguments on all sides there, and mm. I can see I can see the argument on all sides. But in terms of supporting... I think that's what they're getting at. It's, it's about where you're, you're putting your money. So you're giving, you know, they want you to stop giving that money to, to a company that's already now saving loads more by releasing. So basically, I think the tweet was aimed directly at you. Stop giving them nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> well, tell people to stop taking my, using my um, network then. Because <laughs> um, this isn't, the wrestling news bit, but Peacock is now on Sky, the uh, UK. Okay. But obviously, I don't think the network's on that yet. Mm. I, don't think, I don't know if we will. We probably won't get Peacock, I wouldn't have thought. Well, it's it's on the Sky. I don't know if you pay for it. I'd imagine you would. So? I'd imagine you would, like everything else on Sky. I would have thought that, that would have been the route. Yeah, but you know how, like, Now TV and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you still have to pay, though. You yeah, but I'm just saying, I don't know how much di- how much difference. Cause oh, okay. They're, they're really, they're, I haven't seen, like, I've seen the adverts, but not seen if it says this ha- how much it costs more. Mm. But, yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Obviously, the biggest bit of news from the week. Well, from WWE's camp, anyway. But whether you like WWE or not, um, regardless of what your position is on them as a company and their product, it's the talent. They're the forefront of the stories on the news topics like this because it's them. You know, they're out of work. It should never be a case of so-and-so. It should have been so-and-so instead of that person. Like yeah, saying. I hate that. No, I'm not a fan of that at all. It's like, like um, when it was like um, the amount of times even Marie before... She left the first oh, time. Yeah, like, like, yeah. She was one of the bigger ones from, like, I think from the one couple of weeks ago when people were like, oh, finally, should have been her ages ago. Like, no, it shouldn't. It, it's tricky. For, we can't really sit here and say it shouldn't be anybody. Like, WWE did have way too much talent. Way too much talent. Yeah, I know it's, I know it's a different thing, but UFC used to have, like, 500 contracted fighters. And there's, right. like, 11 fights, trial fight cards every time they have a um, show so I know it's different because they don't do it every day but you still yeah. have too many people and on the books actually when they get once they get at least a few people it's not as big a deal as when WWE does it because once again you don't have like a, mm. a clause that says you can't um, fight for this long it's, yeah because it's, it's exclusive to this whole independent contractor yeah. business so yeah Really crazy, though. Strange times, honestly, because the amount of talent they've released so far this year alone, you could build a promotion with on the sheer numbers. Yeah, it was like um, that joke about that the long list before, like 
people who was on 2K20. Oh, literally, like there's got to be like hardly anyone left. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) The developers for 2K22 must be honestly pulling their hair out at this point. Well, well, they did say um, that it's going to be the most legends. Yeah, because they're gonna they need them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just gonna be it's gonna be like Kane ninety nine and Kane two thousand two. It's just gonna Kane be just, yeah, literally an attire for each each month, just to pad it out. But no, it's I don't I don't get it, don't understand it. But I suppose the last one to end with on those ones because it was just more of a uh, well he. he Saw the bright side of it, I guess, was Shane Thorns going back to him, but he was tweeting out that, uh, you know, Oi, who gave him my number? <laughs> Why? So, what, was that going to be Australian? No, I can try Australian if you want. Um, who gave him my number? Put another, put another Vince on the do- on the barbie. When was he cockney? You've backed me into a corner now where I'm, I'm going to come across as foolish. So, Well, you didn't need me to do that. but yeah. I didn't, no. No, but now I've now we've put it out there for the world to see. Uh, but yeah, no, he he did. He he took the bright side of it, and that's all you can do, isn't it? Really. But yeah, sometimes you just need to take it as it is. Yeah. But like we said, it's one of those things where they're going to be fine, but they shouldn't have been put into this position to begin with. Hopefully, WWE is just going to stop hiring people when they just don't need them. Apparently, this could become a yearly trend anyway. And it, it, I think it used to anyway back back in like two thousand six, two thousand seven. It did. Yeah, there was but it like, was like it was like a. It, you could count on one hand though. Yeah, it was like eight people, and then nothing for the whole year. It felt like apart from probably someone who like just had a contract not renewed and. Yeah, or if there were genuine issues with somebody, but we'll have to see what happens if they're going to do any more next year. But I mean, surely enough's enough at this point. Like you, you've got to, I don't know if WWE, you know, we've got survivor series, which is coming up tomorrow night. I said before, honestly, with no build really whatsoever for this show. No, that's one way of looking at it. But maybe the other way of looking at it is that we've all been worked and they've been building to survivor series for over a year in house because Who's left? Who's actually surviving the budget cuts? Well, that's it. I was going to say Survivor Series is kind of a app name at the minute. Yeah, literally. Well, do we think there was a time when Survivor Series nearly got cut? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. And now everyone else that needs to pad out a Survivor Series card gets cut instead, so... Royal Rumble's going to be funny this year as well. Oh, they're going to have to move that to 20-man at this rate. Yeah, because you imagine they say, oh, we're going to do a 40-man. <laughs> yeah, who with? Well, obviously NXT 2.0, the legends, but they're kind of running out of legends now. Yeah. Terrible news, really. But at the same time, to that token, wherever they all end up, I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, we always say we always we always go negative about oh they're being released, but they're going to get they're going to be wrestled somewhere. Doesn't matter if it's in front of fifty people or fifty thousand people, they're still going to wrestle. 50 or 50,000, you got to do what you got to do. But if we're talking for the thousands and thousands of people, I suppose we should be talking about those people that will be attending the three-night spectacular of Wrestle Kingdom 16. Yep. Being held early January of 2022. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, that they'd moved it to three nights. And now, after last night's press conference... 
from New Japan Pro Wrestling, we understand why it's been moved to three nights. Yeah, um, the third night is going to be New Japan versus Noah. Big, big news, this. Yeah. This is going to be huge. The real forbidden door. This is, yeah, they, or to be honest, this is a really, they, they have worked, they've done stuff in the past. Yeah. There has been, there. Uh, there is a history. I mean, there was a time when there was a, when Japan would have like, um, was it World Peace Festival or something like that? And they would have mm. every single promotion have a match. And that's awesome. Yeah. But this seems like it could be building to some, towards something even bigger still. I don't know what, because you've always had those rumours circulating about New Japan buying out Noah, because you initially thought that might have been what it was. It could have been, because there was a rumour last year that WWE were after Noah. Yeah, I think though, because I don't know how, I don't know if that's true, but Bu- Bushy it- Road, obviously New Japan, yeah. behind New Japan, I think they bought shares in Noah. Right. I think it was a rumour, I'd read this somewhere, it was probably they, on Reddit. They, they but- show um, stardom, don't they? Uh, that was well. That was earlier this year. That was yeah. That become yeah because they featured it on Wrestle Kingdom this year. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere else. But the, the actual event itself is going to take up the entire third night, which is going to be on January the eighth, and it's being held at the Yokohama Arena. So it's going to be it's tif- different. Like it's almost going to feel like a different show because the first two still going to be the Tokyo Dome. Uh, Tokyo what? team, the Tokyo Dome. Cologne. Uh, <laughs> first two are going to be at the Tokyo Dome, as you know, traditionally it is. But yeah, the um, night three, different venue, probably going to have a completely different feel. I don't know how it's sort of going to go down, but it, it looks like the the way they're going to plan the match cards out is that they're going to have obviously top stars from New Japan going up against Noah. Yep. There's going to be tag matches where... I don't know if some of them are going to be them tagging with each other, like Noah and New Japan what, for taking on... When I heard about it, I did think I had Invasion in my mind where it'd be like you have like a, a Noah team and then you have a New Japan team and it'd be like whoever wins is the winner. Like whoever's the most winner that night is the, is the kind of winner. Yeah. I tell you, the, the, the funny thing is as well, just coming off the back of us talking about the Survivor Series thing. And we were saying last week, you know, the SmackDown versus Raw thing doesn't work anymore because it doesn't hold any real purpose or value no. to those matches. There's nothing at stake. And although, okay, yeah, there's nothing really at stake here in terms of, well, at the moment, but we don't know what a lot of those matches are going to be. But at the moment, it is literally just one promotion versus another. But this is just like, this is how you do it. You make a real big show of it. You, you make it a big deal. Put on some dream matches that people really want to see. And who knows if we're going to get champion versus champion matches there. And if the titles are on the line for some of them. Because I think that will be a big game changer. I had, I've had i just thought of one thing that could happen. Okay. Kenta. He well, could turn back to Noah. I thought, right. So I, it was one of my first thoughts was because Kenta made his name in Noah. Yeah. But now he is Bullet Club New Japan. So... I don't know. It depends on how deep they want to run this. Like, where do his loyalties lie and stuff? And Bullet Club was all, you know, already crossing over. And we'll come to it for the turning point preview we've got coming up. But mm-hmm. Bullet Club crossing over now into all these different promotions, and that's kind of been on the cards ever since the Good Brothers sort of showed up on Dynamite last year. Yeah, and then although it wasn't Bullet Club, but it opened up this whole, you know, with Tamatonga on his podcast, slating that and everything else. Like, it, it feels like a big. It just felt like something big was coming, 
we're not there's quite still, there still, yet. There's still time for that to happen. Oh there's, yeah, of course there is. I'm not asking for it to happen overnight, but I feel like you know it's been building, but we've not quite got there yet. And now we're going into the the Noah route, and Kent is going to play a role with Bullet Club, and then Noah, and there's all that history there. It's just so many threads, isn't it? And it yeah. it writes itself, and that's the best kind of story sometimes when. Uh, if if you if you know you know kind of situation isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. That, I'm sure there's more people that would know her before New Japan, or there'll be New Japan and Noah now. Yeah, and there's, there's all Japan still around. All Japan's ties with those two isn't quite as no, but it was the reason. Though, it? it was the reason why they because they were part. Of, it was Giant Barber and um, the main the one that started um, New Japan. Antonio Inoki. Inoki, yeah, because they were together as new at new japan but they had a falling out and barber started all japan as a rival company i'm pretty sure that's how it started i wouldn't have thought that's going to play I, I, well i don't know who knows really what can happen anymore i don't necessarily see anything happening with them integrating into this kind of but i'm just saying if it's still about i wonder if there's a possibility that they might get involved somehow well all japan's still operating since 1972 <laughs> no dated back that far yeah so no, maybe, it really maybe, makes you think, maybe. like sometimes, how far back a lot of these these promotions. Well, it's that, you, you forget certain things still exist. Like with um, Full Gear when they had Baron from Rescue, everyone everyone keeps saying he's still alive. He's eighty. Yeah, I, well, it's, I think it's it's tragic, really, but it's because you get so used to wrestlers from the bygone eras not being with us anymore. Yeah, that's why we said, yeah, it's a real nice thing to see him there. But yeah. Biggest thing for me, I think, on, on what you're saying there is like, I, I I think a lot of it is because, you know, right. So I said before, obviously, about we cover certain and the usual kind of suspects in each show, the same as like a lot of other podcasts because they're the bigger players. Yeah. They're the most established, get the most exposure. But even then, there's such wide gaps between those promotions. Like WWE's at the top, AEW's rapidly grown to the second highest and then behind them it's tricky because impact technically does and it has that longevity there which AEW doesn't at the moment but also you know your impact wrestling days slash tna days the hogan and bischoff era when it would air over in the uk on challenge tv you know we had that and again that's free tv for everybody late at night but it was it's on free Um, and the the pay-per-views were longer than AEW. (laughs) well yeah but then you've got the, then you've got like the Ring of Honors and stuff, which is going to be more of an online service. GCW, you know, rapidly becoming a big big player now. Yeah. In terms of you know from the indies, but they're becoming a big player. And again, that's all pretty much well, it is. It's all exclusively online, really. But then you have like a a Japan, like a New Japan, where you've got the New Japan pro, you've got the New Japan World that you can get all their stuff on, but not that accessible in a lot of places in the world and even this show so i don't know how this is going to work but from what i was reading up on this that night three isn't going to be on new japan world okay it would be on fight or i'm not sure i don't know how how it'll work so we'll have to obviously keep an eye on that as developments are announced but at the moment it's not going to be a part of new japan world from what i understand of it but yeah that's the biggest thing for me i just think a lot of it is that we don't although we know and we can follow it. It's just not as easy to follow, but it's the biggest. It's one of the probably in my. It's in my top five. I'd say biggest promotions in the world. New Japan. Uh, it, yeah, I think it might have been in the top four 
well, to maybe top three for a while, but it just feels it. It does feel like it's been lost in the last couple of years, but it's still massive. It's still massive. The pandemic stuff obviously hasn't helped. No. And I think outside of the pay-per-views, everything else can be a bit tricky to get hold yeah, of. Yeah, because we don't, we, we don't know if, with the Moxley situation, and when he was champion for so long, obviously he can travel. Right. And of course, then, you know, New Japan Strong. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot there. There's a, there's there's a lot out there. It's just, it's not, not all of it is as easy to get your hands on, basically. But I suppose speaking of New Japan Strong, we said we was going to talk about Chris Dickinson. Um, he's a, a player on New Japan. And the injury that he suffered recently. Quite a nasty injury. Do you know much about this one? I've not heard about this. Well, it's a hip injury. And he stated that he's looking at around about five to six month recovery time. So we're probably looking at at least that before he's back in the ring. Chris Dickinson is also a major player, again, for GCW. And really, well, he was one of the biggest names on the indies. Probably one of the biggest guys on the indies in terms of physique as well. Definitely a good fit for New Japan, and he's been, you know, he's been having some pretty good bouts over in New Japan Strong, for what I have been able to see of it. But again, it's stuff like this, like we said about Tegan Knox. It's just, it's such a massive shame because it sidelines you for so long, and then you have to kind of pick up all this momentum again when you come back. Yeah. But when we were talking about support and supporting, yeah, you know, well, I, I guess fan support in wrestling. It's not, we've kind of moved past the point now where you're just supporting a company. You do support individual talent more than anything. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that we should have even from those releases is that support the talent, not a company, and just like what you want to like. That's probably the best way, right? But, you know, enough people support Chris Dickinson that it's not going to be a problem, I don't think. it's If anything, it's more anticipation to see what he's going to do when he comes back. Yeah. The injury itself, so it was a dislocation and a fracture yeah. and a fracture of his hip joint. When he landed a frog splash during a tag team match, it was in the Battle of the Valley show. You could kind of see he was he was in pain straight away. Uh, he got pinned not long after that. And then, obviously, the match just went down as it went down. But he was carried backstage on a backboard, which I don't know if in New Japan that's kind of a big giveaway that it's a shoot. Because you don't, I don't know how often that's done as part of a work in New Japan. Uh, I don't don't know too much about what they because um who was it was it Bushi and Mister Dandy um, Badly on the Phoenix Splash not too long ago yeah this is yeah, but that's high like you say high risk high reward yeah and I think as fans that's why it's bad isn't it because we're so accustomed to seeing high risk maneuvers now yeah that they don't probably make us pop as much as they used to and that is largely in part because we see so much of it in every match yeah. Kind of, kind of why um, Full Gear or like those type of shows where you see like um, so many of the same stuff, but sometimes it can work. Sometimes it can work, but you do become a bit more desensitized just purely based on the fact because you've seen it so much. Like the yeah. first time you ever saw a shooting star was oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. But, but now someone does a shooting star and it's like, meh, what's next? You know? Yeah. It's like when someone uses that as their finisher, but then other people. Just, it. just hit it, yeah. yeah it's like, the super, like we keep talking about super kick. It used to be a finisher, or the tombstone used to be a finisher. Even going back to that. I mean, the last move I saw when I was like, oh my God, was probably the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, no, that's just a... And, yeah, although well, they, well, we said last week, but I think they have eased off on that a bit more now. But Yeah, because um, I was waiting for 
um, the tag title match to have a Planet Destroyer in the ring apron but it never happened. Yeah. Save it though. You know, you've got to save stuff like that. But yeah, even, you know, but a frog splash. Something yeah. that people pop for a lot more, obviously. People pop in a lot for it at Full Gear because of Eddie and the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death. But typically any other time of the year, if not in line with a, a homage to Eddie Guerrero, a frog splash is a frog splash really now. And, and you don't really see that much... Uh, that many people sort of clamour to it, but even a move like that, mess yourself up pretty bad. Well, any any move can injure you. It's not like yeah, exactly, yeah. Because I remember Eddie Guerrero. I think it was his debut match in WWE. It was a tag match with the against oh, the yeah. Outlaws, and he dislocated his elbow doing a frog splash. Oh, I mean, Randy Orton dislocated his shoulder punching the mat. Yeah, you know, that, so I mean, that was the night happens. where everyone got injured in that show. Yeah, yeah, that was a cursed night. Um, but some quotes from Dickinson, he did say, I will say the process of dealing with this pain uh, of this type of dislocation is unlike anything I have ever experienced in my lifetime. It's a clean break of one piece about the size of your thumb. Yeah, that needs to be reattached. Otherwise, the femur can easily slip out of place. Mm. Yeah. Imagine that, man. I mean, if the femur is a big bloody bone. Yeah, it's... It's not one of those ones you want to get hurt. But from. the impact, like, can you imagine that impact of landing like that to the point where, like, we're talking about the size of your thumb. It depends how big your thumbs are. Mm. But <laughs> even still, man. Oh. He says, I will give my word to do my absolute best to return to the ring as fast and as humanly possible. But I obviously following him on Instagram, he's been posting some video updates there since. Because this was sort of more the, the beginning of the week. Uh, we're coming to the end of the week, and he's starting to walk now as well. Yeah, it's always amazed me when like a, someone breaks their leg, and then they're using it like a month later. Tough man. He's, well, he's a tough dude, and you got to be tough to be in pro wrestling anyway. But fair play I, to I, him. I don't, I don't know how they do it without come back and stronger. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what we want to see Chris Dickinson do. So, all the best to him. Sending all the best wishes. Yeah. So, um, what is next? <laughs> do you want to talk about the? <laughs> do you want to talk about the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame then? Because this is a new announcement that came out this week by GCW. Yeah, um, I think it's needed because um, there's so many people that have come from indie wrestling. Why not have a Hall of Fame at this point in time? Yeah, you've got people that never actually left the the indie scene, really, to go to any of the sort of quote-unquote bigger companies. Oh. You know, like, and I suppose... Because no names have been announced for this yet. But what we do know is that GCW announced it and they're hosting it in partnership with Orange Crush and... The band. The band. Is that Orange Crush the band? I think it's a song, isn't it, by R.E.M.? I know it's an R.E.M. song. I've... Yeah, it is. <laughs> so... I know it's an R.E.M. song. I know it's an R.E.M. song. <laughs> So, yeah, they've announced that they're going to be hosting this on January uh, 22nd from the Cutting Room in New York City. And it's going to be streaming live, so I imagine that's going to be on Fight TV. But uh, tickets for the event, which you can attend live, are going to go on sale uh, this coming Monday on the 22nd okay. of November. So, Should we go? I mean, we've got to catch a plane as well. But, but yeah, I, no names, though, announced. But, you know, like I was saying, in terms of, like, guys that have been in the indies for so, so long, I mean, the Briscoes are probably... I could see that happening. I, I oh, think yeah. Briscoes... 
Maybe. Do you get a Nick Gage? Yeah, I was going to say Nick Gage. Would they Would they dare to have like a person who's in WWE? Or dare try and get like a, a Punk or a Danielson? I think this depends on which side of the indies we're looking at. Yeah. I'd because rather, I think I think we've got to really look at this as people that have spent the majority of their career in the indies. I'd rather it be someone who stuck with them, stuck with the indie scene. I don't mind if it was someone who made who has made a name in WWE or whatever, but it's, I would rather have be the unsung heroes of impact of uh, indie wrestling. I think that's the, that's got to be the purpose of it, isn't it? I I think if somebody is you know maybe indies WWE or, or had stints in the bigger promotions, and then returned to the indies and stayed there? Possibly. I mean, in a massive heel move, you could have your main event guy being, you know, that, that, you know how they, the WWE does, like, the main event person, like, is the last one on? Yeah. If they, You know, if they really wanted to, like, build something out of that, then put Matt Cardona on. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. You could, you could, <laughs> you could even have a, a company. Yeah, well, I suppose it depends on how they want to do it. There's, there's a lot that you can do with the indies, but... I, I do 100% see it being kind of the your GCW guys, Ring of Honor um, veterans. Yeah. You know, I'd probably, I, I know he's now AEW bound, but I would have probably said, you know, Jay Lethal is probably a fit in there as well. But again, he's had that TNA run. Is Jay Lethal an indie um, guy? Yeah, uh, possibly. I would say he spent more time in the indies than did on a main company, but I don't know. I don't know. But then his most memorable runs have been in, probably, arguably, have been in Impact. Uh, he made more of a name in Impact than he did in Ring of Honor, but... But then I suppose then re- leaving Impact and returning to the Indies, then you take that name recognition with you, I suppose, don't you? So I guess. you actually then build in the Indies. There's there's a lot. I think Briscoe's... Uh, they're, they're, I think they're just shoe-ins for like... They're a definite... Almost, although not confirmed or announced, I'd say the Briscoes are a definite. Yeah, before because they were backstage at Dynamite, apparently. Supposedly, but they've been a staple of not just tag team wrestling, but of the indies. Yeah. Ring of Honor more so than anything, but you know, over the last what twenty years? Yeah, I think there was. I want to say they were there in the fir- within the first year of Ring of Honor, so. 20 plus years. It's crazy. Probably, you probably well, I don't know if you say Loki as well then. Um, I mean, first ever Ring of Honor champion. Oh, Caval, yeah. Caval. <laughs> Maybe, man. I don't know. I don't know if you, you go as far as to say like a new Jack. I, I think we're going to see a lot of guys, and I, and I mean a lot of guys that have been in the kind of hardcore deathmatch scene. Yeah. I can, I can 100% see in it, but... Yeah, like you said, I don't know if they're going to go for like companies as well, or I, I I imagine it is just going to be talent, or at least like on-screen personalities. Maybe maybe promoters. I don't know. We don't know. We it's easy to guess, but I like that though. But yeah. I like it. I think it's nice. You know, it's cool that they're doing it, and the indies is its own product at this point, and especially now WWE, although still the biggest dog in the yard, like clearly it's not the the only place to go anymore. You know, I don't think the indies should be looked at. It should have never really been looked at as like not not necessarily a dirty word, but you know, like, like oh, well, I'm in the indies, but I could be doing better. Like, no, I mean, if you're making good money on the indies, like if the if the goal is to be a pro wrestler and make good money, yeah, then you know, isn't if if you're doing that on the indies, then what's the problem? More likely to get your name out there in an indie than you would be, uh, but 
Well, that's how you establish yourself, yeah. isn't it? That was why like, we looked forward to certain guys coming into WWE and NXT because they'd made their names in the indies, like Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, uh, most of them, you know, Rollins, Amber, Moxley, AJ. Um, Although AJ, again, probably more so from TNA. Yeah. But, but he did his, he did do like the indie scene. CCW, Ring of Honor, yeah. Because um, I think, as like I said before, um, there's no such thing as homegrown talent anymore. Because yeah, because where it, it's it's how you define homegrown, yeah. isn't it? Are you homegrown from the company where you've made the uh, major career, or are you homegrown from where you first started? Are you you know what is it? Yes, yeah, so where you get your, I say it's more where you get your name out there, but when you say like because you could easily say like a Roman is WWE homegrown because I don't think he even was in like a local talent, but we don't know. Well, most of the guys that are going to be coming up through NXT now are going to be technically homegrown. Yeah. Based on the fact that they're not even bringing in wrestlers, really. They're bringing in. They're back to that kind of bringing in somebody and seeing how they get on, I guess. Because technically, somebody's debuting soon, aren't they? The yeah. um, former. Well, not former, but she's like a. She's an acrobat or something, or a gymnast or something like that. Professional. Something like that. Uh, uh, it's a lady coming in anyway, and she's yeah. That that's the background, but because um, could you? I know we said it before, but like members of the elite and everyone that starts in AEW are they homegrown? Because they've all had careers in WWE or like Ring of Honor or whatever. It's a topic, you know. It's a topic for discussion. That's the debate's interesting, but ultimately it doesn't really it doesn't really matter, Not does really, it? No. Yeah. It's it's just from a fan's perspective. Like you know, like I say, if you follow that talent, then you'll follow them wherever they go. Yeah, presumably. And if you're a fan of one specific product, and they come onto that product and they entertain you, then awesome. Now you know who they are, and they got more exposure. So, regardless, I think the homegrown thing, people get maybe hung up on it a bit more than they should because it doesn't. I think it's an interesting debate, but it doesn't really hold any weight to anything. It doesn't mean anything no. in the grand scheme of things. It's just, it's just, a, just a thing that fans want to cling to. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I like it. This uh, that was some cool news. So definitely be keeping an eye on that one to see who gets announced. Yeah, there's time for it to be announced. And... Yeah, well, January is shaping up to be a really interesting month already. Maybe they'll just announce it on the day instead of telling us. I don't know. GCW, if they're going to be, I, I imagine all the announcements are going to come from GCW. But they usually sort of announce it sort of bit by bit. If, if it's done like the same way as a show would be. And yeah. I'd be expecting them to announce it in the coming. So I mean, we've got like a, another like two months yet. Who knows? Maybe Sabu because he says he's retiring. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So we'll be yeah, like I said, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one as it goes. But um, yeah, a couple of bits from Twitter then. Uh, yeah, I, the the main reason I wanted to bring this one up was just because I, I always really just gets to me when I see stuff like this. But Charlie Evans, who we talked about last week. Um, I saw her for the first time in the match against Rena at Evil Deeds, right. the death match. So, Charlie Evans, pretty impressive, to be honest, in that match. Want to see more of her. But she put out on Twitter afterwards that I don't. it didn't look like she had a good night. There were people in the crowd that were har- harassing her. It's probably the best way to put that. But harassing her, asking for a number, I think making some pretty derogatory comments towards her. She wasn't a fan of the commentary All right. on the show because it kept pointing out her looks 
and that's not what she wants to obviously get across. Okay. So there's more to it as well. So I might as well just explain the whole thing now because she obviously she's been putting these things out on Twitter and some people have been responding like, well, actually that's your fault because that's how you present yourself. So if you don't want people to be commenting on your looks, then don't look how you do. Or or some bullshit fucking response. I was going to say, wouldn't they... Isn't it best to talk to some commentators or promoter before and say, don't do this? Or, um, Do you know what? I don't know. Because a, a part of me wants to say they should know better. Yeah. It's not all men. But the fact is, there are a lot of men that are pigs. There's a lot of women that are really disgusting towards men and other women and however you know, however you want to look at it. But the fact is, yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a very attractive lady. But that's not what she's on TV for. No. Like, she, it's not what she was in the ring for. And it's not... I'm not downplaying, like, obviously pro wrestling anyway, but it's the fact that, we, you know, we weren't just talking about this was a bell-to-bell kind of catch-as-catch-can classic. <laughs> you know, this is smashing each other with light tubes. And yeah. it's a death match. You know, she's putting herself in harm's way for people's entertainment. So I can completely appreciate that she would be really, really pissed off and annoyed... That the only thing to the, it felt like for her that came out of it was that oh well look at her she's really attractive. I completely I completely get it. So yeah, from a commentary side of things, yeah, but it just it's kind of thing happens. It's but it shouldn't it's, happen it's, it's though. Happen. It's not it's okay. Just, it's just really annoying. I mean, yeah, I will say things like oh Scarlett she she looks amazing, but I don't think I've really seen the wrestle. No, I'm not going to just well, I'm. It's easier. It was easier back in two thousand or actually there, when it was like, oh Trish, yeah, great. Well, that's how they were presented. Though. Yeah, that is that was how they were presented, not how they were presenting themselves. Well, it was, but but they weren't wrestling like they do now. No, exactly. You know, we are we have moved on now. It just doesn't have a place. And and commentary wise, hopefully they'll they'll learn a lesson from that. I don't know, but what? it's it's not it's it's not. I just don't think it's cool. What's I don't it? think it's cool. Was it the co- I, I, actually? I will tell you what. We're gonna, let's get a woman's perspective on this. Yeah, no, you, I've, you've come through the room now. So, Natasha, Hello. my my partner, you come come down to the mic. This is a Hello. professional production. Charlie Evans from who was watching Evil Deeds last weekend, GCW show. You yeah. remember? Here's a here's an issue that happened on Twitter. So she came out after the show, really upset in a nutshell because all commentary was talking about throughout her match was her looks. There were people in the crowd that were pointing out to her and asking for a number and and making sort of dirty comments and horrible comments. And even when she came out and said this on Twitter, there were people defending it and in in disgusting ways. So as a woman, because we, it's difficult for us to talk about it because we're too, we're idiot men. We don't know anything. So for a woman, you're going out there to, even if it's not putting your body on the line, but you're going out there and you're trying to do something in your career. Mm -hmm. You're trying to be remembered for what you're doing as your career and all anybody comments on is your looks. What's the, like, what's the deal? How do you feel about that? Well, considering, you know, it's, it's your job and it's your profession, it shouldn't... No, but if people... if people going out there to, to sexualise yourself. Right. You can wear what you want because, you know, if, if that's the way you want to look, that's the way you want to look. I think some women do it like the attention. They do. But like, what about the ones that don't and when they say well, they don't? Well, it's not good, is it? Well, no. So there are pig males, but I yeah. think that's that's the but point, right? So from even, a woman's even perspective, you should know that, though. Like you shouldn't have to. Yeah, you shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like you know that's a bad thing. Well, it, some people don't. That's no. a problem, yeah, though, isn't no, it? Some people don't, but 
most people should know that, you know, you're going out to entertain people. You can wear what you want. You shouldn't then have to be harassed because you decide to wear what you want. Same as anything. That's the same in life in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think the moral I just of the think st- it's shit. It, well, I, I, I think it is as well. It's just, I think from a man's perspective, it's just one of those things where I don't know if you want to call if if it's the way you're brought up or whatever it is, but regardless of an up- upbringing, you should have your own brain to be able to know that, like, there are certain things that just aren't okay. And I, 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 there's enough, like, of, you hear enough stories of men making women feel uncomfortable as it is. So. For me, I was more annoyed at seeing all the Twitter responses because there is, mate, there is some dirt. There's horrible stuff oh, in there. It always happens. Horrible it? stuff in there. It always happens, but it bloody shouldn't. Bloody shouldn't happen. It's, and especially with the speaking out movement last year, last year or so, it's like you're making it worse. Yeah, exactly. But it, again, it just gives wrestling fans a bad name and in, in general, just but a piece I of shit move. Just to put something else in there, if you think how bad it used to be, like it has got a lot better. That's what you were saying. Apparently, it was okay back in the day. We could like, we could like that sort of like, stuff for Trish Stratus. They have bra and panty matches, yeah. and that's all people wanted to see. They didn't care about women, you know, wrestling properly. Well, I remember just HLA naked. I remember that. But... We, we all remember HLA. That was it, a segment that is that, infamous. Yeah, but back in two thousand, they weren't allowed. To, like we said, they weren't allowed to do like the moves they do now. It would just be like well, they weren't allowed to wrestle. Well, it would be slap, slap, hair pull. Oh, All that man. kind of stuff. It's just now it's much the wrestling and women's wrestling's got much better, and now they are stars because they allowed them to wrestle. I, I don't think there's a problem with being attracted to some like because at the at, at the at the end of the day, that's a it's a primal thing, right? As a heterosexual male, you're going to be attracted to certain women. Yeah, right. Like there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's certainly got to play. If you think that she's attractive. Keep that. Keep the thought to yourself. Like, don't let that be the only thing that you just keep banging on about. Is that right? Is that a right thing? I think, yeah. Like you said, you can be attracted to women, but women don't want you to tell them. Well, some probably do, but like most of the time, you just want to be left alone. We should start the dating podcast. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if you go to any job, like if you go to work, you're just going to work. You just get on with your job. It's the same for wrestlers. Mm. Like, even though some of them wear like skimpy clothes and whatever. Like it's what they're comfortable in. You go to work what you're comfortable in. If if that's what like wrestling in, you can go. Up to, you can think you know someone's attractive, but they, you don't have to go up to them and be like, oh yeah, watch your number and stuff like that because it makes people feel uncomfortable. Because I've not seen what I don't, thanks, babe. I've not seen too much <laughs> about her. Enjoy your dairy dunker <laughs> and your plum. Because I'm not seen. What does she wear when she comes to wrestle? Oh, mate, it's not even like she's coming out. Do you know what I mean? It's, she's not bloody coming out in lingerie. Not, not that, but I mean, like. No, but she... this, yeah, but this is what I mean. It's just people just make idiot males where the blood rushes to a penis because there's no brain for it to go to. And then when they say something nasty back to you because, you know, you've offended them, then you have to get all aggressive about it and make out like everybody's having sex with them. Like some of these comments were. It's disgusting shit, man. I'm gonna. I'll bring this up, but there's there's nothing there that, and that's the get up, man. That's literally yeah. So it's not like no, exactly. Well, She's like, not coming out in like those two thousands era of yeah. like what we're saying WWE WWF diva, like Natasha saying there. Anyway, I mean, like just in general at work, you got to wear what you're comfortable in, and that's what she obviously wants to wear and is comfortable wrestling in. So just leave her, just leave her alone. I guess is the the end of that. 
Yeah, to be honest, just leave her alone, and Charlie just, need, just do you. Like, screw everybody else. It's not the way it should be, but I just it really it just annoyed me. It was one of those things. I just wanted to bring it in this week because I'd seen it. It annoyed me, and you know, so hell with all of them. Like I say, though, you just do you, Charlie. You've got a out of a career ahead, so screw them. Yeah, bugger them. But yeah, staying on topic of Twitter, then somebody could knack it. <laughs> uh. I, right, I, I, can I say you right straight away though? Straight away, I don't know what your thoughts could be on this, Ash. But if he's if he's come off of Twitter because it was that negative for him, mm-hmm. fair play. Because we, we rag on Cody. Yeah, I'm about to say this is the weekly talk about Cody segment. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a better term for it, but at the minute, yeah. Just, this it's, time, this time next podcast, we'll be talking about Cody and how much of a dick he is again. <laughs> but do you know what? Right, I felt a bit bad when I first saw it, but I never slay anybody on Twitter. I've never, I never go out to attack anyone. No, I don't. I'm not. Yeah, that's not the way to be. We talk about the portrayal of his character, not him as a person. Said a couple of weeks ago when we was talking about like is he working everybody. Can't comment on him as a person because we don't know him. But you hear a lot of good things about him. And actually, you know, even at full gear, you see him give his belt to the the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, I was going to say what? I think it was something, yeah, like mo- there was Culture City put the video out of um, his experience there. And, you know, again, it's, it's another one of those really nice sort of heartwarming things. Yeah. But but I was, when that happened, I was still expecting booze for some reason. For some reason, there's like... It's- but that's what I mean. Like the, In terms of the presentation of him as a character, like that's, you can take that separate away from the human being. Like Cody as a human being is... Is Cody the human being that's looking at Twitter and reading people... Like reading all these things that people say about him, not Cody the character? Um, I said before, I really like Cody's in-ring work. I actually do like him in the ring. But it's the character that I don't like. It's the stories he's in, and I find that boring. But if he's getting, if he's found himself at the point where he's become so overwhelmingly bogged down by, you know, all the negativity on there, and social media, it can be a really super negative place, as we just, you know, was talking about then. Yeah. You get some real assholes on the social media. But, you know, if he's done that. You shouldn't have to, but you kind of have to, in a way, just for your own sort of mental well-being. Because you, you can't be nice, man. It's seeing everybody just put you down every day, of all hours of the day across yeah. the world, you know? It happens, like we talk about, it happens everywhere. It doesn't matter who you are, you're just going to get... If you were, if like, when England lost in the Euro final... Oh, God, I know where you're going with that. As soon as it happened, I knew it didn't matter who, if it was... A black player, a white player, they would get abused. There was abuse, but my God, was that being aimed more towards yeah opposite? And it become a race thing, yeah, which was absolutely ridiculous. Just because you know we're talking about three black players that missed the penalty, and it and it yeah, you're right, it did it blow it just blew up, and it become all it it got to the point, you know, even Rash uh, Rashford's yeah, uh, I want to call it a mural. It's a mur- yeah, that's it, I, mural. I think that's the right word, but... It is, you know, it kind of, yeah. But obviously, and that was put up there in sort of response to all the charity work and things yeah. that he's done. And this is what I mean, though. I think, like, look, Rash- like that, that analogy there with Rashford, all the charity work he's done, yeah. If he hadn't missed a penalty, we'd pro- we could have probably won that. Yeah, but we don't know. We don't know, but if he hadn't done, we, we could have probably won that. 
yes, it's really, it's, it's really, really annoying from that side of things. As a football fan, supporting your country, that sucked. But really, what's more important? That game or all the really hard... Like for him as an individual, what was more important? That game or all the hard work he puts into charity work and how many lives he's affected positively that without him would have been worse. Yeah, the charity work, but... The sneaking fact of you guys, oh, I wish I, I wish we won. Yeah, no, of course you do. But obviously, the, 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 he had the... of course you do. But like in in this instance, like yeah, the part of it's like I wish I wish Cody would just turn heel. But the fact is, the fact remains that Cody's done so much good for people. Stories, a lot of stories are probably in which we'll never know because it's not always in front of a camera, which it shouldn't bloody be. Well, apart from his reality show, apart from the reality show, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, all the all really good stuff that you can do for people. Um, I don't know. It's, it's by all means. I think you can you can have the, your opinions. We do. Yeah. Um. I still stand by it. I want to see him as a heel, and I find the the storylines that he'd been in recently really boring, and I'm not into it. But by no means should you ever just like put them down with like all the negative, like you're crap. You should retire. You're this. You're that. You're shit. He's not crap. He's not rubbish. I just don't like the character direction. <laughs> But him in the ring, fine. And I've literally said this every single time we brought Cody up. But he, without him, you probably don't have AEW. And I and I know there's going to be differences of opinion on that, but that's how I see it. But I don't know, man. Like, if he comes back to Twitter, cool. If he doesn't, it's kind of getting to the point with Twitter where it's like, what's the? It kind of gets to the point where you go, what's the point, of Twitter? Because what it is is just. No, it's not all it is, but it's just you. You can't, like this. It's hard because you can't filter that sort of stuff out. Like Twitter doesn't filter it out, you know, for you. There's no sort of moderation in place that you can you can do that with, and that, and it, and it's hard to do that anyway because then the argument is you take away free speech. But yeah. I just think you should use use words carefully. Well, I don't. Um, I don't remember people um, quitting MySpace back in the day. My, yeah, no. Well, apart from everybody ever now. <laughs> um, I did try and look Everyone's for my... quit I did, MySpace. I tried, tried looking for my MySpace page from years ago, but I don't think it's there anymore. I haven't been on it for so long. I couldn't even tell you. If, if Even if mine's still up, couldn't tell you. But no, yeah, Cody, as a person, as a human being, I hope he's, he's okay. Hmm. And hopefully the break away from Twitter is going to be, you know, get him in the right headspace and stuff. Yeah. Focus, you know, as a, as a as a person, more importantly than anything, that's that's what matters the most. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's annoying. Again, it makes you think because obviously we 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 talk about it as well. And obviously, it's not always in good stuff. But you can't at that point then you can't also then not criticize if that's the right word. But you know, we're discussing that whole thing, and there's pros and cons to all of it. And you have to always try to kind of cover both sides of it. But yeah, just because that sort of stuff happens, like you shouldn't. I I feel like you shouldn't have to like not feel the way that you do but you don't have to I mean I don't know what kind of stuff he was getting but I've seen some stuff on there where people were just you know saying real nasty stuff and it's like that's got nothing to do with anything no I know there are some people that take criticism and will joke with joke about with it in a in a not funny way but like to go um James Blunt was one I was thinking of like back in the day would when someone say why do people like you he would just like comment back and make it funny yeah but again it depends on how you are isn't it yeah 
But I don't know, because the other side of the coin is maybe the negativity. Maybe it's because he genuinely doesn't want to turn heel and he's sick of hearing it. I don't know. But I can't imagine it's that. I mean, there's going to be genuine nasty stuff on there. But regardless, whether it's all a work or not, because who knows with Cody, and maybe that's the beauty of Cody Rhodes. But, um, you know, regardless, Opie's doing all right, to be honest. And whether he comes back, like I say, or not, it's up to him. But it's not the end of the world, really. The less of it on Twitter sometimes, the less of it on social media, the better for me, a lot of it. Because then what you see on TV, you can just judge that. Yeah. Um. Well, WWE then. We've got NXT moving to TV 14 rumours swirling around. What do you know about that? Um, yeah, well, when when it started this 2.0 era, there was there was stories of that they could get away with other stuff that they couldn't do on like main roster. I personally think it's an experiment to see if they will get both Raw and SmackDown on TV 14. Because there was a rumour about a year or two ago that they were going to go back to TV 14. Well, we thought maybe they were going to go in that route from the TLC show last year, didn't we? Because the whole yeah, the, the Fiend being on fire. And then, obviously, it didn't happen. But No. Because they, they think TV 14, most people now, because they say bitch a lot. Yeah. I, my, I mean, my trailer thought on it is really what do they do... With the with the other shows and Raw and SmackDown, like you said, if they're going to maybe look at turning it all TV fourteen, I don't know how they would, because again, a lot of their sponsorship deals, I, I yeah. think, are on the basis that they are a PG friendly show. But then, if you're if you're got if the idea of NXT two point now is that you bring in these new guys that are fresh to the industry and you're trying to build them up as stars there, so you can move them, you know, the homegrown talent thing, you know, and you're moving them up to the up to the main roster. Wouldn't that be a really weird transition to go from TV fourteen to then a PG product? Probably, wouldn't it? Because um, you, like everything that you then are as a character, you you've built around being able to do things within that that rating. Yeah, and was, then when you go to the main roster, you have to kind of like w- water the, some of that down so that it becomes a PG product. I think because they've been so used to PG and since two thousand eight, I think it started the PG era. You kind of they kind of want to get used to it because. It was PG back in the eighties, but there was still like the blood. But you had the blood, yeah. But I think that's probably a. I said, well, TV fourteen. I mean, I don't know how much of that's changed even from Attitude Era, because like you're saying, even from the eighties, the as times move on, what's acceptable and isn't acceptable within each bracket is is different, isn't it? You know, and yeah. you say that for anything in life, like what's acceptable now. Or what's not what was acceptable in the eighties? Certain things that isn't acceptable now. Well, one thing one thing I've just remembered was I think it was even ninety three or ninety four on Raw. Um, Jerry Lawler beat up uh, Duke the Dumps of Drozzy, and he used the trash can, and they the the USA Network zoomed out and didn't show it, and then they had to do an apology, and they said that stuff will never happen ever again. Well, it did a couple of years later. <laughs> yeah, that is mental. But, but my, then, but then, even the DX stuff there, though, because that become a yeah, D, DX, they made that work for them. Yeah, DX was before TV fourteen. You think about it, that kind of kicked off. I think it kind of ushered it in. Yeah, and then Gold Dust, obviously the the gimmick back and yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they did buried live matches. Yeah. yeah, and casket matches and all that kind of stuff. The one thing that bothers me is every time they've said they, I've seen about the headline about TV fourteen, they always have a picture of Mandy Rose or a picture of a woman. 
it's not. Is that for any time someone's reported on it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes me think, are they trying to get back to the bikini model era? I mean, I hope not. I hope we're past all that sort of stuff. Because again, like what we were literally just saying with the Charlie Evans stuff, it's yeah. kind of, for women now, it's, we you know, come on, let's let's not do a... It's not to a U-turn on it now. Like, we've been making some bloody good progress with this. Yeah, but the, like I said, since it's come to NXT 2.0, as the 2.0 era, there's been jokes that they've done things like have um, Dex Loomis have condoms, like, stacked, and then you've had, like, sort there's been, like, sexual talk, or there's been, like, um, the odd stuff. It's, but it's, it's still been the PG thing. It's like, like with... Um, mm. What they call MSK. They talk about weed, but not talk about Reed. You know what I mean? Well, they do that on roster with main roster with Riddle. Well, yeah, but he has the history. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they still, yeah. It's but but you can't. It's on the nose, but you just can't mention the actual yeah the actual thing that they're they're going to be referring also, to. Also, I, I bet they wish they'd done this during the war with Dynamite because Dynamite can get away with so much stuff. Well, that's that's the other thing. That was the the other thought I had was was well, if they move it to TV fourteen and that actually helps improve NXT's ratings, then surely we could have just done that to begin with while they were still on the Wednesday nights. Moved it to uh, what? I mean, yeah, all right, they could have done that anyway, even then. But even just saying that then just makes me think. Like, you remember uh, way back when with the ECW thing. And it was Shane McMahon's idea. He pitched it, and he wanted it to be a, an exclusive on the WWE.com website. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the network wasn't even a thing then. And he wanted it to be on there because, A, the ratings wouldn't matter so much because no. you're not trying to appease, obviously, to uh, your TV networks and everything else. But the other reason, and probably the best reason, is that you can, you can kind of do what you want. And ECW was meant to be that hardcore, hard-hitting weapons, blood, gore, everything else. And it was. And it and it was. That's, well, original ECW, yeah. and it was. And that was the idea. Like, you could get away with it, doing that on your own website. You're not putting that out there to, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, a proper on-screen product for the, yeah. for the masses. However, the idea gets taken by Vince, and he's like, actually, we could do that and put it on TV. So he puts it on TV, waters it down, and we ended up with that Frankenstein uh, that we got. Well, the first few months of the ECW uh, return in 2006, I think it was? Yeah, 2006. Yeah. Shortly after the One Night Stand yeah. second pay-per-view. And then they ha- you would have... The first few months, they did do barbed wire, they did do flame tables, and obviously they had the Kelly Kelly Extreme Expose. Then, then, right after Paul Heyman left, it kind of got changed, so it wasn't the same. Well, no, but then this is like the same sort of thing has kind of happened with NXT. I mean, Triple H has kind of got NXT now. He he got it in that same sort of vein that Shane wanted it, but at this point, obviously, we've got the network. So when it was a network exclusive, uh, the idea of NXT was supposed to be the guys are moving up to the main roster. So yeah. it was to get them. It was to still kind of teach them that WWE way. To have the, that was my idea of it. Like it mm-hmm. was to teach them the WWE way, establish stars the WWE way before they move to the main roster. So they've already then got that back in. When they move to the main roster, they're they're more equipped, and that's why I think it was so frustrating because he he turned he pulled NXT out of the ashes when it was that ridiculous game show. I remember the early days of that. 
and it took years, but he, he managed to turn it into its, it gave it its own identity, something that fans could really clamour behind. Arguably, before AEW, it was the first alternative to the main roster WWE product. Because it didn't feel like WWE. Because it didn't feel like WWE, but it was WWE just enough that if they moved to the main roster, they could transition seemingly, seamlessly. Yeah. Now, of course, it's not what happened, because even you guys that are coming up from NXT that then moved to the main roster, super hit and miss, but actually a higher percentage of them would end up lost in the shuffle, and only a few of them would end up actually really doing anything at least after, you know, X amount of months. But then, of course, then you have this whole thing where, again, Vince got hold of it, put it on TV, wanted to outdo Dynamite, blew up in their face, and now all of a sudden, what, it's Triple H's fault? I don't know. I don't know if that's what they're, you know, all the reports kind of suggest it, and it looks that way. We're not there, we don't know. No. But, you know, now Vince has got hold of it, and now we want to do TV 14. Why didn't we just do that then before? We could have just, you know, we could have done that at any point. We could have done that when it was on the network. It didn't need yeah. it when it was on the network. It was only when it got moved to WWE. To, it was only when it got moved to TV that it looked like things needed to change. And it wouldn't have moved to TV if Vince hadn't tried to wanted it on TV to outdo AEW. Oh. Triple H, Vince McMahon walked into Triple H's house, smashed his shit, and then kicked him out and claimed it for his own because of how messy it was. That's my analogy, and I'm sticking to it. I, I don't get that. Not that you came with, but I'm sure it makes sense to someone. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Did, did they slowly turn it to P- TV14? Not not everything straight away, like everyone says bullshit or whatever words they can say. If it if it improves the product and it and it makes the product I'm, even better, then that's fine. But I don't know what fits in a TV14 bracket anymore. Well, no, because that where because AEW is. TV 14, right? Apart from like the when they've done the hardcore matches, there's not really been that much you can say. Apart from like cowboy shit, and they do say shit a lot on TV. They do say shit a lot on TV, but I think it's probably more, uh, to be honest, I think it's probably more the blood. Yeah. But, but I then, don't think there's that, that many, too much blood and. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. But you, I, I, I don't know how... Um, I don't know. If you can, if you can do TV 14 for what for NXT 2.0, but you're not going to do it for the for the other two, that's kind of weird. Because it just kind of like indicates that... Or it implies that you're in NXT, you can bleed. But as soon as you come to the main roster, you know you, you don't have to bleed anymore. Like, it's well, impossible to bleed. Like I said, I do think... You're it, protected by a magical barrier. I do think it's an experiment just to see if it works. I think in calendar, though... Um, some shows have been TV fourteen, but obviously it might be different standards and practice in the country. That's what I think it comes down to, and what they will allow them to do. Yeah, and not asking for chair shots to the head, not asking for like, no. That should never come back anyway. That should never come back. Sean Spears. No, we don't need that. We don't need that anymore. You don't. Or yeah, and that's my that is my biggest worry though. With TV fourteen, that they're going to go back to bikinis and mm. create each other. The women someone else is just calling someone a bitch or a slut. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. Just have to see how it goes. Just see what comes out of it. Because the thing is, it might not even happen. No, this whole thing might be like everything else and just sort of goes nowhere. So you know, it's all hypothetical, really, until we actually start seeing something. Yeah, it'd be like shift. Yeah, it's when someone bleeds and it's not accident cut away from or yeah, yeah or they're not like they don't stop the match to like wipe it yeah, away because they're bringing back war games again 
soon. Yeah, that's so that, really that, soon. that might be uh, that TB14. You never know. Time will tell. It's my catchphrase now. Do you like it? No. Okay, so... <laughs> I thought at the end of the day was your catchphrase. No, that was... I'm a different... I'm a changed man now. But you said that about three times. What, today? Yeah. That's about seven times less than I would have normally said it. Well, Jay in here, so it's like 100. <laughs> well, a mixed bag of news, isn't it, really, this week? A lot to get... Well, yeah, that, but you're always going to have bad and good news come out. Yeah, I know. You never, you can never have a whole week of positive news. No. It's never going to happen. You can say positive things, but you're never going to have positive things. You, you have to try and find positives and stuff, though. Yeah. I think, for definite. Could TV14 be positive? Well, but that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I don't want to get hung... Because I talk all the time about how much I obviously dislike WWE. And again, I don't want to alienate listeners that, that obviously enjoy the WWE product. But, you know, there genuinely could be some good stuff to come out of that. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't, the company worries me because of a track record. And I, and I don't want to see that again, like what we're talking about, how, how the women can be presented or even some, or even the men to a degree. I don't really, oh, yeah. you know, uh, if it's done, it's the same as anything. If it's done right. And when you say done right, that is super broad because it's all subjective. But if it's done in a way that it can appeal to a wide majority of fans and probably more than anything for them at the minute bring new fans in because that's what NXT 2.0 needs to do it shouldn't just be about keeping your fans like you need to be bringing in more viewers I would have I would have thought yeah so yeah if it does that then all right well fair play even though yeah even though there will be even though ratings will probably go up up or down there will still be someone new watching yeah so you keep it's all what ifs it's all what ifs. Okay. I'm speaking. <laughs> you know what I was doing. Yeah, but I was I was gonna say, all right, Scott's that, but I don't think, I don't think many people would get that. All of Well, there might be some Creed fans listening. You never know. Or Scream Three because it was on that soundtrack. It was on that soundtrack. Those were the days. <laughs> we were talking about the early two thousands, but it was all about the soundtracks in movies at that point in time. Yes, especially when they bring back stuff from the two thousands and. <laughs> yeah. you've got Scream again you've got so much I, was, I thought you were talking about the GTA remasters again but obviously then you get True. half the soundtrack taken out so yeah some of the better songs aren't on there anymore yeah no, actually to be fair it is really difficult I think with with the music side of things yeah I think that's more to do with um, the it's only the right it's a right yeah, issue right. isn't it well there must be some reason why I, I, budget cuts no it's not WWE <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna and then you got you got rid of like Billy Jean, and then you get rid of cars, and you get rid of. Um, you can't get rid of Billy Jean. It's just well, you can. Well, Billy Jean, I think, was really got removed when they did the tenth anniversary on PS4. No, that is true actually, because there was some some taken out. Well, from San, there. San Andreas has got rid of um, "Running Down a Dream," which is one of my favourite songs. And you got um, "Express Yourself" has been taken off. That's annoying. Uh, Killing in the name, Frankie President, which was. One of the casino songs. It would say two pack, but that's got released in the game. Released. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the brains are at right now, isn't it? So you've got you've got a what if for us. Yes. Repeat like, remind us what your what if scenario is. Right. What if CM Punk had stayed what if his contract ran out and he didn't re sign? Do you already have an idea? Well, 
my idea would have been he would have done his world tour that he said during that pipe bomb about going to New Japan, going to Ring of Honor. He would have done probably like the indie scene or go around the world and be the probably held that title saying, I'm still a champion, if they would have kept that he was a champion. So that's that's where the what if has got to start for me is does he win the title or not? I think he would have. If he was genuinely leaving? Yeah. I come on, come on! You honestly think that? Well, I think I think they would have done. You got right, he signed the new contract earlier that day. Yeah, so I, I don't see, I cannot see Vince McMahon letting him walk out WWE champion. He's not re-signed his contract at this point. He doesn't win that match and go over. This is the same guy that put together the Montreal screw job because they didn't trust that Brett was gonna just hand the title back the next night on, on Raw before going. You yeah. know, like, I can't, I, can't, I, I mean, I can't. I, if, if you want to go down that logic, though, then I could see the World Tour thing sort of happening, but... AJ Styles, before he left Impact, won the world title, then disappeared for a bit and would work shows with that title, then would come back with one match against Magnus, I think, and would... Do do a do, do a unification match and Styles last and that was his last match in Impact. It's different company and a different sort of mindset on it though. And isn't it was it? like 2013, 2014, so it was a couple of years after. We're talking about 2011 period for WWE though, and in this period, although there have been the there's been the occasional mention or like hint towards another company that wasn't WCW or ECW at that point. They still very much run and operate on the idea that no other company exists. Like they, they don't name drop other companies. No, but they did the forbid- hence, hence why the pipe bomb was such a big deal. Yeah, but WWE did the Forbidden Door in the nineties before it was cool. That's why. Yeah, it's true. Actually, if you talk about the ECW stuff, but and Triple A, and Triple A. Yeah, no, it's not as well documented. No, uh, but ninety-seven Rumble. <laughs> yeah, that's how you eliminate yourself. Yeah, but the if yeah if you want to go about that that'd be my fit. I think I think there's more of a what if scenario though if he doesn't win the title because which I I think would be the more logical outcome for that match if he if he wasn't resigned he definitely was going to leave and Cena wins it the immediate aftermath there's going to be that the crowd erupts into a you know an explosion of booze because. You know that's it's goes. It is one of the most memorable pay per views of all time, just purely because how hot the crowd were. Yeah, and they were so so into Punk. Like this was a huge huge deal. And again, which Punk had basically sold with that one pipe bomb alone, really. Yeah, and I would say that the if Cena uh, wins the Riot sign would still be there, and I reckon that's why I reckon Punk would have won because it because the situation they presented felt like it was really going to happen. And sometimes, and they're kind of doing it with Kevin Owens, where he mentioned. Yeah, but I, I think though that's they've done that because it kind of twisted Punk's arm too. Sign like it gives him that hope, like he's been thrust into that angle that he he made the most of, and, and really, you know, he sold that pay per view really. And at that point, then signing renewing your contract is probably a lot more. Um, enticing just because well yeah look at me now I'm like white heart I'm in this huge angle I'm about to you know if I sign this tonight I'm going to be WWE champion do you know what I mean like it's it, I think it's it's a WWE kind of tactic for people when they leave they did something similar with the revival 
You know, all those reports started circulating that they wanted to leave and they suddenly became tag champs. Yeah. You know, you do see this quite a lot and I think it is an attempt to get people to stay. But would they have done it like that way if Punk hadn't done it first? Or I don't think it was the first, but... There's a lot of different avenues you can go down. I'd prefer to go down the one that he doesn't he doesn't win it, the crowd erupts, it becomes a hell of a, a thing. It's the start of WWE, the real start of WWE's heel turn for the fans. But then Punk, I don't know, if the World Tour then happens... I think at that point, probably, but I still think he eventually ends up in UFC. But not when he did. Because you've got to think, right, the guy's obviously an established name at this point. Not as much as it was like post-Summer of Punk, even though the whole thing was kind of botched. Mm. Like he, he added more to his name after that match. But even leaving that match, he's going to have so much buzz around his name because of the way it ends when he doesn't win the title that people are going to freak out and lose their, their shit when he shows up on, on the indies. And this um, is and this is to say he doesn't end up in like an Impact yeah. or a New Japan or something like that. But you've got to think that he was so beat up, probably even at that point. I know he was more beat up in 2014 when he left then, yeah. but like he's probably so beat up even at this point. Eventually, I think within two, three years, he ends up in UFC anyway. Even AEW coming up now, I think he still ends up in AEW. I think he still ends up in UFC, but but then it's tricky because it depends on if he went to, if he do, if he does go to UFC earlier at this point. Although it's only a few years, if his body's not quite as banged up as it was in 2014, you don't know how his training and everything might have gone then. You know, you never know. Actually, he might he then may have actually won the first or second fight. Mm-hmm. Well, in UFC and actually if it because you know it, the argument would be made if he if it actually won one or if not both of those fights in UFC he would have then uh, you know I think he would have then had another did I tell you that his second fight is a no contest because the his, the guy who beat him um, I think failed a drug test but he still lost so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter really. yeah, he's try, he tried his hand at something though didn't he I mean he, like it's that's not it. I mean, you can't just not not just anybody can step in the ropes to be a pro wrestler. Not just anyone can then. Well, we saw just, that with Full Gear, really. With, uh, with Junior, Dan Lambert. Well, Dan Lambert really did anything, really. No. And then you had Junior Santos. They looked alright, but I think he's had training before. And then Andre Lasky just looked like he didn't belong there. Mm. But then again, you can't like. Not everyone's gonna be like Ronda Rousey or Kurt Angle, where it just came to them like that. But they already had a like a deep love for it. Yeah, and they did have the background of training. Well, what? I say they they had a deep love for it. I don't know so much about Angle actually, but Rousey definitely. Yeah, I mean, we'll see with Gabe Stevenson. Is it Gabe? Yeah, Gabe Stevenson. Mm. He could he could be Angle. He could be. He might just be like a Chad Chad Gable type, which. But it's then, but then it all comes down to how you booked. Yeah, we'll see. We'll all see comes down to how you booked. Yeah. The, the fact they've given him the when it was a draft, they put him on Raw straight away, not just mm. let him do NXT. But Punk, I mean, if you talk about how in terms of how you booked, I guess yeah, if he leaves with the title, and it's a legit, it's a shoot, it's not resigned, and he's never going to go back to WWE, then. I don't know how how much longevity that has, though, because he can run around with the title, but you don't want that to then be your defining character in wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Like if he mm. if he never goes back to WWE at that at that point, 
but he runs around, obviously, initially doing the World Tour with the WWE Championship that he won. Like, how long do you do that for? How long can you do that for? And again, this is why I think, like, actually, the reality, I think if he hadn't re-signed that day, he wouldn't have won that match because I can't see Vince letting that become a risk because especially with how outspoken Punk is and what obviously was at the time, you know, and he, he genuinely would have felt the way that he felt when he, he cut that pipe bomb, that pipe bomb. There's no way Vince lets him walk out with it because he then, like you say, takes it out anywhere else. They replaced the WWE champion anyway. So they've got a new champion actually in WWE, but he's running around with that belt and then he can just have it like go over to other people. He can like lose that belt to someone else in another company and stuff like that. Like, well, it's, if, if Twitter was around like it is today, you'd say I'm the unaf- I'm the real WWE champion. But I don't think WWE would want that though. I don't think they'd want depends, that because it, it, because then they're forced to acknowledge other companies, which is something they didn't and still don't want to do. It would have really. probably depended on who he, who it was to, but. But they'd, have, but they'd be in no control of that. Hence why I don't think they'd even let that... They, they just wouldn't let it become an issue. The Brett thing is one um, example. But again, like obviously even behind that, you had the, the Medusa situation. I think that yeah. was probably the catalyst for the whole thought process on it. Because and Jeff you know, one simple act of just throwing a belt in the bin, which Vince may as well have done himself yeah, cause he with the way he treats them. Exactly. Well, the Jeff Jarrett situation in ninety nine. I was going to say, uh, right, a quarter of a million, I think it was, just to do one match. The funny thing is, he appeared on Nitro the night after the pay-per-view. So. Yeah. You'd have thought he'd have learned from Ultimate Warrior on that one as well, with this whole SummerSlam yeah. situation. If but... there's anything about Warrior you should have learned from. Yeah, it's, yeah that's going to be one. Oh, man. No, it's, it's, it's interesting, but it, it, it's... It's a different CM Punk to the one that left in 2014. So, I suppose on that basis, because initially when you brought when you when you mentioned this, I was like, well, UFC straight away. But then actually thinking about it, it is a different Punk. His body's going to be banged up. I mean, most wrestlers work hurt anyway. Yeah. But he's not as hurt as he was in 2014. So yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess he does do a world tour of some sort, but it it wouldn't be long before he snapped up by someone. And hence why I say I still think UFC, because UFC would have paid him good money, but and he's, he's going to go where the money is. But if they there, did snap, if some company did snap him up, they would have done a, the, the match where the champion gets champion and he would have lost, and then that'd be it. Does, it, d- does he keep that momentum, though? Or does he even get that momentum? Because it was the, the pipe bomb made him, he was hot. But then the actual, like, because of the way the actual match went down, that was the icing on the cake. Like, that was the defining, crowning moment for Punk. And this kind of what felt like at the time was going to be this new era. And it was to a, to a degree. Yeah. But again, it was just, it got bogged down with just, stuff that I shouldn't just, have been there. I just personally don't see an outcome of that match where he didn't win. So what if he didn't for you? We would have seen a riot. Because I seriously believe, Pummy does believe they would have been trouble if Punk had lost yeah but then in fairness to the WWE in that regard though then that's that's for fans to behave like adults like yeah you're gonna you're gonna be really annoyed about it but at the end of the day it is just wrestling like let's not go and hurt people and be dicks about it do you know what I mean yeah but um, could you imagine when Austin turned heel at May 17 if there was anywhere else I reckon there would have been problems 
Because it was well, in, yeah, but it was in his hometown. Yeah, basically, and then, and then, it was literally in his back garden. There's been, there's been times when there's been a heel turn and they cheer. Like remember when Triple H turned heel by cussing Brian at the Brian Judge just one. They're cheering. They're not booing. Well, when Becky turned heel on Charlotte they were a few cheering. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, even like in 2006 with RVD against Cena, you know if Cena um, Well, that crowd probably would have done because that, that I mean, that was ECW faithful. Yeah. But... Uh, what do you people think? Yeah, that's that's more important, I think. Because I've run out of ideas. Of what <laughs> yeah, about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let us know what you think of of that situation. What do you? What if CM Punk had left in two thousand eleven at Money in the Bank? Or how you would have? It's kind of it kind of feels like how you would have booked it as well. There's always there's always going to be what ifs in wrestling, like. I like what ifs. I think yeah. any, I think most wrestling fans enjoy a what if. Um, you know, even just to discuss with your mates and stuff like it is. Yeah. It's just yeah, stuff like that. It, again, it, it just makes being a fan more fun sometimes, isn't it? But yeah, I more, enjoy a good what if. Yeah, more fun talking about what could have happened than what will happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how easy some some things are to predict, but. What about something that might be a bit more tricky to predict, Ash? Um, this is your cue to get up the turning point match card. Oh, right. I completely forgot about that, to be honest. Because we, we talk so much about everything else. I know, yeah. Well, there's been a lot. Um, I'll go by what Wikipedia has it in order. And they've got two... Good, good old Wikipedia. They've got two pre-show matches. And one, I can't believe is on the pre-show, to be honest. It's Jordan Grace defending her Impact Digital Media Championship against Chelsea Green. Yeah, so Grace takes that one, I think. Uh, yeah, she just won the title not too long ago, and doesn't always mean much. But not I, really. I, I, I and just... it's the first. She's the first champion when, apart from like twenty four seven title when it was like ten seconds, whatever the first title was helpful. Mm. This is another kind of surprise to pre show. It's Finn Juice of Finley, Dave Finley, and David Finley, not Dave Finley, because that's. Finley, in it? <laughs> yeah. Finn Juice of David Finley and Juice Robertson against Decay of Black Taurus and Crazy Steve. I think Juice picks up the win for his team. I, I, I'd say so. Because with the New Japan... Yeah. I, that's what lean, That's why I'm leaning more towards and that. And Juice Robertson is close to his contract running out in New Japan and he says he's not going to stay. So he's probably got a job and impact anyway. If he... If he yeah. Trey Miguel defending <laughs> his impact... Exhibition Championship against Lado Kid. Is that how you pronounce his name? <laughs> you got Lado Kid. Lado Kid. Lado Kid. Yeah. And then Lado Kid and Steve McLean, who I have no idea who he is. Yeah. <laughs> he, hasn't got, he hasn't got a Wikipedia page. So Part-time a... uh, impact watcher, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, I to be fair, I, I mainly just try and catch the pay-per-views. I'm not always... A, I, I, try... I, I have to get the highlights a lot of the time on YouTube for impact. Yeah, but... I do try and keep up with what's going on but it's sometimes it's not easy. it's not, since omega's not on there it's not been easy because whenever he would appear like it was like the biggest thing because yeah of omega. um, um so. no i think that's a def- title defense though on that one i think trey d- uh retains yeah i'll go for that trey yeah. defense trey, trey retains what's the so your next match is the inspiration yeah, that's a it, definitely 
against uh, Decay. There's no way that's they're they're not dropping that yet. Nah. I think uh, it's for the, it's for the title as well. That's say. what I mean. They're not dropping those yet. They're absolutely not. Yeah, they should have just have like the longest run with those titles. I think. <laughs> well, longer than they did with the WWE ones. Yeah. Then you got for the Impact Knockouts Championship, Mickey James defending against Mercedes Martinez, which I yeah, which I reckon could be match tonight. I'm looking forward to that big time, and I think that's further proof that. You know, we're sat here now saying that could be match of the night, and this is two women that WWE could probably deem as like. Well, I mean, both of them released. Yeah. But uh, same as Serena Deeb, where it's like, well, actually, the, are they better in backstage roles? You know, as like helping people produce the matches and being trainers because they're in their thirties, and it's like, well, you see what Serena Deeb's been doing recently, like she's what, seeing in the crowd. Yeah, I like. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, no, her matches with Hikaru Shida. Yeah, and I like Shida, good. but she's never quite got there for me. And Serena's been pulling out some bloody brilliant matches from her, I think. Yeah. And Mickey's great in the ring. And I've always enjoyed Mickey's work. But I haven't seen as much as I've wanted to for Martinez. She's one of those names you always hear about. Yeah. And then she never really got a break in any of the companies. They tried in WWE, but... It did. I, I think I'm going to go a bit out of uh, left field on this one, but I think Martinez is taking the title. Uh, I'm going for Mickey. I mean, I, I, I do. But I can see where. The better part of me thinks Mickey, but I think. Um, no, I'm going to go for it. I'll say Martinez tonight. Fair enough. Obviously, this is Wikipedia, so it's not going in like important. No, yeah, we're just going. So you've got the Impact World Championship match in a full Metal Mayhem, which is. Basically, anything metal can be used. That's what TLC is. How it used to be, I, thought, it? I thought it was TLC, but they always say it was like anything metal can be used. So that narrows it down with most weapons in wrestling. That's, yeah, pretty much. And it's our boy Moose. Moose. Against Eddie Edwards. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's got to be Moose, isn't it? Well, yeah. He's it's just got won. to be Moose. Once again, it, most of these titles have just been won in Bound for Glory. That's part that, I think that's the only trouble when you have a lot of title changes in one show. It's. A little bit more predictable, potentially, like that they're going to retain it on the next one. Yeah, because it feels like every title was on. I think every title was on the line, isn't it? Yeah, every title was on the line. So, so it's tricky. You can't. Can you have a night where every title was defended? You never know. But I, I'm pretty confident. I mean, it's got to be, isn't it? Really, Moose is going to walk out with that. I think if he yeah. drops it at this point, we've. It's been feeling like Moose has been been kind of built up to be the face of Impact for a while, and I think that's deserved. Yeah, especially when you cut that promo where you mentioned like Elite and the, being a head of the table and <laughs> yeah, just basically like calling everyone out. Yeah, but apparently I enjoy he, I enjoy Moose a lot. But apparently he said that's more of a um, putting him over than it was like you know how like back in the day when someone in Pack would talk about WWE or try and like slate him. Yeah, yeah. So no, fair play to the guy. Like he 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 could he's one of those obviously if WWE get out of this weird budget cut situation, Moose is a guy that would have succeeded there. I think. Yeah, I because he's. Obviously, the guy they used to look for, like the football player, he's yeah. massive. Big like, physique. Yeah. Good on the mic. Um, yeah, he, he could succeed anywhere he goes, but he's going to succeed tonight in retaining that title. Well, you better do. <laughs> or, 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 or else. Yeah. yeah or, 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 Ash is coming for you, yeah, Moose. You better look riot. out, mate. If he doesn't win, we'll riot. We'll riot, yeah. On uh, our, in the sofa. He got the tag title match of the Good Brothers against... 
Bullock remembers Chris Bay and I'm going to get this name wrong. <laughs> Hickaloo? 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 <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want. I kind of want it to do that. You know that this speech. <laughs> Go on then. You mean Hikulio? <laughs> yeah, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> well, to be fair, but I mean, we might pronounce things differently. To I mean, he is a member of the Tongan family, so yeah, that's probably why he's in Bullet Club as well. Because Tonga is Bullet Club. Yeah. Um. Who would, you got for that? I would be surprised if that's the title change. You reckon that could be the title change for you? Possibly. Yeah. I'm going to go Good Brothers. Okay. Fair I'm going to go Good Brothers. I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a new champion. All right. And next match on the list is Matt Cardona, who loves us. And we love him. <laughs> against W. Morrissey, the former Big Cass. Mm, I mean... I think Morrissey's taken that, honestly. I think he should do, but Cardona's run's going so well. I'm going to say Morrissey. I'm going for Cardona. Okay. Okay. Next match is Chris Saban versus Ace Austin. Ah, so... I feel like Ace Austin. I'd I'd say Austin, because he's kind of been on a roll from what I've seen. Yeah, I feel like Ace Austin is going to pick that one. I just no, hope. No. I just hope it's not another case. If Saban wins, of oh, the older wrestler holding them down, holding them down, kind of thing. I don't think so. I mean, Ace Austin's been making a pretty good name for himself. Yeah. I think an impact. It's, a loss here isn't going to hurt him by any stretch. But I just, I feel like this is, you know, he's going to take that one. Yeah, I think that could be the opener, really. Yeah, he's well. That or I think impacts. Um, well, sorry, X. the X division. Yeah. Yeah, I think either of those probably yeah. open. It's good thing you didn't say the Impact Championship, otherwise. <laughs> no, Moose is closer there, let's be real. Well, hey, this could be the main event. Heath and Rhino versus Violet by Design of Eric Young and Joe Doring. Oh, so, well, it's not going to be main event, but... Well, Wikipedia has it sec- second to last. <laughs> um, If that's kind of it for the story, then Heath and Rhino win it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say fine for it. But if there is maybe more to go, then Violent by Design probably probably would win it. But I don't know. I'll um I'll stay with Heath and Rhino. That yeah, one. I'd I'd go for Heath and Rhino. Um, for the same reasons, really. Mm. And then obviously, the, the Rich Swan thing was up in the air. Yeah, which but I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it anyway. I think this would be a good. So it's a good card I think for their last pay-per-view of the year yeah it, it closes off um, a pretty good 2021 for Impact I'd say but the ups and downs the same as every company yeah. but yeah we shall see we shall see uh, by the time this comes out Turning Point will have already aired so um, yeah obviously let us know then what you think be sure to to mock us if we've got everything wrong well it's not well, it's very likely because only one triple threat Everything else is basically a single or a tag. But we do have and one gimmicky match with the Full Metal Mayhem. Which I've always... I think 
because I've said this before, when you watch Impact or TNA in 2006, 2007, nearly every match was a gimmick type match, even if it wasn't a gimmick type of view. Yeah, well, because I mean, it was them that really brought in the whole gimmick themed pay-per-view, which WWE Lockdown. then took from, which I wish they hadn't done, because I liked that. I liked Lockdown with yeah, um, they did, TNA. Yeah, because it was still, all still came matches, but they would have like a tables match or they would have a, well, this wasn't a best example, but the electrified cage. Yeah, it was just done differently, wasn't it? Like, yeah. but as opposed to now, yeah, I missed WWE's older way of just. Uh, it's more. It was more like the matches, like your Hell in a Cell, where it could be, you know, anywhere in the year. But it was it was based on the program and not the time of year. Yeah, but no, I think tonight is is a good way to for them to close it out. So I hope they they're going to have a good show because I'm going to watch it. And I hope that I'm having a good time while I'm watching it. And let us know if you are having a good time watching it. But also, Ash, I think they should let us know if they've had a good time listening to us. Uh, I was going to ask, because one thing I wanted to do in these last couple of episodes is ask if you there's any like stories or news that you've never heard of or anything like that. What, like the obscure bits? Yeah, like something that you've only found out about in the last week or so. I wanted to do it for the last couple of episodes, but I keep forgetting about it, and I've just... Been... <laughs> it's on. No, you take it. Because I've got... Because I've, one that happened last week, and we mentioned it after the, we did the recording, was about the, the Shawn Michaels, the porn star. <laughs> yeah, you said it afterwards. Yeah, the guy... There was a... In 2003, Shawn Michaels, the wrestler, tried to see the rest, a porn star, Shawn Michaels, but a different spelling. Yeah, About but over, still saying, yeah. yeah. But over the name. <laughs> Until he realised that the porn star, Shawn Michaels, had trademarked that name years before. Yeah. And so then they backed away from it, didn't they? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, little tidbits. We like the little tidbits. Just little nuggets of information. They're useless. Yeah. But they're interesting. But it, it always makes you think, why has this just come out? <laughs> Why does it come out now of yeah. all times? Yeah, well, it's usually it's mentioned off the back of like a like a uh, interview or something. Isn't yeah. It? But. One thing I found out, because we've been talking, we have talked about GTA and especially San Andreas. Yeah. The guy that voiced Ryder is MCA, who did a who did vocals for one of the songs on Aggression, the Big Show. <laughs> I didn't. I did not know that. See, we've managed to tie GTA background. And one, one more that I didn't know about. <laughs> this is the last one. Drummer Kurt Angle's TNA theme. And, uh, yeah, well, vaguely. And it had a rap. Yeah. Do you know who that was? John Cena's cousin. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. The same guy that you would hear on um, Timers Now and that, and that whole album. The more you know. Well, that's, that's what I've got. <laughs> well, let's know what you've got. And let us know if you've enjoyed listening to the to the episode this week by leaving us a five star review. Unless you're Dave Meltzer, and then five and a half, yeah, or six, or whatever you want to leave. You know, break the system, screw the system. But yeah, no, do please leave us a review if you've enjoyed it. And wherever you are listening to us, we are available on all major podcast platforms. Do ensure to follow or subscribe, or whichever the lingo may be on what you use. But that will really help us a lot. We will be back again next week where I'm sure we're going to be covering uh, a bit of a Survivor Series recap, a Turning Point recap, and whatever else comes out in that time. And of course, any of your comments uh, from social media, we will be sure to read out at the end. But wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're having a great day.
Guys. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Listen. I, no matter how many times we do this, the ending is the hardest part. <laughs> Until next time. I'm Ash. I'm Russ. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you know. Keep up, motherfucker. Three men, three men. One ball, one ball. I did it, I did it for the people.